Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard the best, you've heard the greatest, they're currently offline because it's an issue of iTunes, something about a hack, so here it is ladies and gentlemen, for your ears only, WrestleCast Radio, EWI sucks. Do you guys have the same thing in mind? Well I'll tell you what, Gary Hart's done it once and for all, he stuck his nose in the Tribal Nation's business, Tribal Nation is up on the top, we're going to the top of the totem pole, but Gary Hart tell you what, you have that pretty hair. It's going to come plum off. Bring any team you want. Bring any team you want. Any combination. Gary Hart, we're coming after your scalp. Now, let's go. Do you know why? I'm going to show you the body that women love and the men love to fear. It's just that simple. Take a look at that. How's that look, huh? You don't think there's You're a asking man me? out there? Look at it. I know. Hey, it don't take much for you to please you. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find a woman. I found a lot of men that looked like women. Now you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? And after it's all said and done, you're going to be taking splinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is that you can run lickety split. Because you can't run because you got some bad asses. The ultimate warrior has a lot of bad habits, but only ones that help me survive. Don't define yourself in the full power. Be a survivor, don't smoke. Folks, there's jumping Jeff Farmer. Jeff, a while back, what a match you had with Motley. Yep. I guess what we're trying to say. And whether you're a fat out of shape truck driver, whether you're a skinny geek pushing a taxi cab, whether you're a doctor or lawyer that doesn't have half the money we have, this is the way life is. If Ollie wants to slap Road Warrior Hawk, he'll do it. If Cully wants to spit on Road Warrior Animal, he'll do it. If Iron wants to take Dusty Road, do all that, he'll do it. And Nikita, if I want you, all three of them, gonna hold you, I'm gonna slap you, I'm gonna spit on you, I'm gonna kick you, and I'm gonna go. This is WrestleCast Radio with your hosts, Ryan Cook. He's walking up the ramp with with Sami Zayn and it's saying, now qualified for money in the bank, and they're advertising that. They cut to a small graphic showing Sami Zayn on one side, the other side, and the center of it says, Sami Zayn tells all with Bobby Lashley's sister. And Alex Mello. Robo Takahashi versus everybody. I, I thought I was going to have to give him a eulogy after the, the in, 
and main event on night two of Battle of the Super Juniors. But boy, howdy, uh, did that match live up uh, not only to my expectations, but I'm hoping yours as well. Ladies and gentlemen, week hiatus, but we are back. We're having some technical difficulties, but damn it, we're going to try to make it work. Um, oh, God, I, I hope I understand what he wants me to do for this, um, but we can try it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here comes the big dog. Is that what you wanted me to say, Alex? No, the the old, wow, first off, welcome back. It's been a, a fortnight if you will, uh, since since our last show. Before I went back home to Chicago, the home of the Chicago-made punk himself, uh, Lollapalooza weekend, and uh, then I was sick for like a week straight. And then uh, I was like, <laughs> oh, wrestling, uh, NXT, TakeOver. I, I got to start watching wrestling again. So I was very excited. Uh, which we'll get into that. But no, how he, how he used to introduce me with the, uh, the old sound clip, I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I'm <laughs> the guy. I don't know if I still have anymore. Um, I got Tokyo Trap Hip. That's for the what? cultures. Play oh, Apple for Pen. the pop cultures. Let me see. Do you know what this is? I have no idea what this is or what Kyle put here. Whoa. I don't, I don't, for some reason, I just imagine like Asian Kyle just ripping. <laughs> they yeah. call me Pine because I want old. Oh, it's got some bass in it. Excuse me. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have any. What wrestler could be uh, doing a new theme like that? Um, what wrestler could use that theme, do you think? Um, it almost sounds like one of those bad dubbed over songs from New Japan when they don't have the rights to somebody's music. <laughs> I mean, Dragon Gate now for Ultimate Dragon. I know Dragon came out during DVD shows. Uh, <laughs> Instead of I Silence. Um, since I knew it was going to be leaving the Dragon Gate network, um, as I was finishing it, I fell asleep during the main. So I have it paused on my computer, and the stream still works. So until I close this web browser, I have the, the rest of the show so I can finish it. Uh, or it's semi event. because on my Xbox this morning, uh, when I went on the Internet Explorer, it said uh, 404 not found. I literally finished at like 11 o'clock last night. Maybe earlier. <laughs> I I still and, – and so, so you're lucky. Guys, the, the tentative play that we're trying to pull off is uh, – WWE's tonight. We're gonna have a condensed ninety-minute show, which knowing us, it probably goes over anyway. But it is what it is. (laughs) Um, New Japan, uh, full G1 climax tomorrow, and then Friday, um, we're just gonna be kind of hopping around Tokyo. Is we got Dragon Gate, we got DDT from the twenty-first with the uh, Chris Brooks Kanosuke Takashita show, um, along with the Summer Series. Uh, two big main events and the super yes. or their uh, battle battle of glory junior tag tournament final. So not a full double dose of all Japan, but we're going to talk the two main events of the the junior tag finals because those three matches are really fun. Uh, is that how Sidney's going to gonna get a little sibling? By the way, just saying the G1 climax tomorrow. Oh, maybe. 
Well, if I if I get to watch Zeus versus Miyahara in a in a very product, pro, 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 provocative, there we go, um, <laughs> environment, I may have a second Cindy with how good Miyahara Zeus was. Oh man, uh, that gets the definitive boy howdy award. Holy big bland emoji over there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it gets the yeet squirt. Um, as my operations <laughs> manager said to me after a big sale, I texted him about. Uh, eat, and then three like squirts. Man, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> you kids and your emojis nowadays." <laughs> what's What's but, even gross now is my stepdaughter yesterday just wrote "yeet" on a piece of paper and left it on the floor. Ooh. So that's even wow. Maybe it's it's like the WWE going TV fourteen now for uh, SummerSlam. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's where we need to go. Can you tell me why they wait? Why they go TV fourteen and then nothing happened? What do you mean? They showed a dude's head face, like skinned off, and put over a lantern and one of the oh. coolest yet Yiddish things in the world. Assuming that's so that why was... they went fourteen. <laughs> I was like, well, somebody's getting busted hard way by Lesnar tonight. No, my you my know, God dreams of emotion. On the Q2 conference call, WWE talked about how we're not going to do blood and guts like the other company. And then the next night, Seth Rollins is spitting up blood in the ring. I was like, um, (laughs) that was coming. You guys, the irony. Oh yeah, because you know, yeah, that was that was weird. That was there was blood (laughs) coming from his guts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta. gotta They're like Sasha Banks with their cryptic uh, wording. So I mean, of course, it's going to be. You know, they're saying they're going to go, they're not going to go this way and then, you know, do it, you know, three times over, as we saw in the shout last week of uh, programming. Shout out to Sasha Banks, too, who, like, shot, bitch slapped Becky Lynch to the point Becky, like, broke character and got pissed. That was the funniest that, thing I've that's seen. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't know if she was <laughs> like, hey, Cody did this, so let's do this. Or Vince was like, we'll show him blood and guts. Or because Triple H was getting annoyed on a uh, post-takeover conference call because someone brought up blood and guts with the uh, 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 ambiguous third fall in the main events of Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. And he just went livid against this reporter, which was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the he was about to bring call up the was pretty interesting uh, once again. So uh, I, got, I got all those stats lined up. We don't need to talk about them now, but I, I might I'll, I'll see what's said over to you just so you can Hey, compare the Ring of Honor, I'm sure they're feeling okay. Yeah, Ring of Honor, by the way, uh, that Summer Showdown show, there or no, I, saw, I can't remember what show it is. I bet you I can find the picture because I screenshotted it to save it. Is it Ladder uh, War? It it's the uh, All-Star Weekend or Death Before Dishonor or whatever. Sure. Um, one of the big ROH pay-per-views that are coming up. Is that the I'm gonna biggest one? Picture. Um, I don't think it was. Maybe it was from the Summer Showdown. I, maybe it could have been. I sent you a picture of how many blue seats are were still available for this. Oh yeah, no, oh, I think the, I, I saw that. Uh, yeah, I think this is for their uh, the Vegas show, which they usually do really well. But they always run. It seems like four events in Vegas every year. Yeah, I mean, so there's like 15 seats purchased, and this show's like around the corner. <laughs> I mean, like, they got front row at least. I mean, they they could have the cameras on on the 
four level. I I mean, yikes. I mean, is NXT a more relevant than Ring of Honor? At this point, there's only there's only 24 front row tickets sold. Wow. <laughs> like, no, aside from like, the, aside from the entrance, there is zero second row seats sold, or third row, aside from the entrance row. Or do you think row. that's? Do you think it's close to thirteen thousand seven hundred seats or fans in in attendance for that? <laughs> Man, they're gonna draw like EWI numbers. Ooh, building. hey, EWI got some some pretty good, cool new straps. As I got the uh, the preview. From a anonymous. Yeah, I wonder if the, the Daredevil is going to be able to defeat <laughs> oh. the the heart take heart under. I don't. know, He had some cool video. I saw. Do you think ten years ago, uh, Daredevil Derek Fury could have been a part of the Street Profits? Ah, uh, no, he doesn't have enough charisma. Oh man, charisma. <laughs> Derek Fury is Montez Ford life. <laughs> oh no! They he, do look he does, though. He does not bring the swag like nobody can. <laughs> I mean, if you get a red cup in his hand, I mean, maybe that. Oh changes. God, he wouldn't get to the ring then. I'd be, Ten years ago, we could have been the street profits. We wouldn't have made it out of the locker room. You could you have been ten years ago part of the street profits? I would have been Angelo Dawkins on Mondays. Drinking a gallon of water. <laughs> Look, looking at Nikki Cross. I would have been looking at her tag partner, but that's beside the point. Hey, no love for Nikki Cross, huh? I had no, I had no beef with her. I just want the, the. See, now you're gonna get me in uncharted territories, and I should. That's right. <laughs> um. Anywho, I speaking wanna, of the rabbits, I did want to go over one real quick thing before we talk takeover because I saw this today. So uh, Yoshihiro Takayama is running his Takayama Mania, uh, Takayamania Empire Two, on the twenty sixth, which is uh, not next Monday, but the following Monday. Okay. And it's it's kind of like a produce show, kind of like the Ricky Choshu ones or like the Baba one together. Oh, okay. And my lord, oh my lord, we have to bootleg this whole show somehow. Now, who's so, this guy? The Hanuma Mania? Um, Takayamania. He's the guy who, um, the dude in the in the Battle Royal a couple years ago in the Rambo wore that shirt for for his friend that, like, had cancer and all that stuff. And raised oh, money, mineral yeah. Suzuki. He's yep. the guy that used to be in all the, like the Japanese videos with the black trunks and the bright blonde like fro. And there's that famous MMA video where him and Don Fryer are just punching each other in the face over and over. Holy um, balls! Masato Tanaka is teaming up with Marufuji oh, to go against Hideki Suzuki and when the wow! Oh. I I did not want you to look this up because I just wanted to go from the opener to the main event for to you. You son of well, a bitch. You, you should blame uh, <laughs> who, who did I find this from on Twitter? Yeah, no, Brooke of Super Juniors at BrookeRawRx uh, for saying, holy <laughs> shit, what a card. Props <laughs> so, to you for love wrestling, Westerner. Uh, I'll just run through this for everybody else that, um, so you, you got the card, you can kind of follow along. 
Hopefully you can see pictures in case you don't remember some of the guys then from the names. Um, but uh, we get Dan Shoko Dino, Sanshiro Takagi, and then Dragon Gate's own Stalker Ichikawa, which is the most perfect fit for those two guys from DDT, taking on Anton Kawamura, who usually goes as Rocky Kawamura, um, Antonio okay. Koinoki, and Antonio Honda, the three <laughs> Antonios. Oh my so God. that's going to be nuts. Uh, then we get Maceo Inoue is taking on Daisuke Sakamoto. Then we get a Sendai Girls. Just This is going to be stiff. We get a Chihiro Hashimoto and Miko Satomura taking on Hiroyo Matsumoto, for those who remember her from the Mayan Classic, and Dash mm-hmm. Sago, the chair-wielding biatch herself. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> then we get uh, Atsushi Onida tagging with DDT regulars Kazusada Higuchi and Ken Oka. Taking in Kazuyuki Fujita, the former IWGP champion, Nosawa Rongai and Fujita. A special talk battle. I have no idea what this is going to be. KG Muto versus Akira Maeda. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to consist of. Then we get the team of Shoki Kitamura, uh, Tatsuhiro Takiawa, and Satoshi Kojima taking on the young line, Yonosuji, Yuji Nagata, and Shinjiro freaking Otani. Eugene kidding me. <laughs> then we get the Pro Wrestling Noah versus DDT Six Man. We get the GHC champion Kaido Kiyomiya, Juta Miyawaki, and my guy, the leader of the Raquels himself, yep. Daisuke Harada, taking mm-hmm. on uh, all out members Yuki Ueno, Mizuki Watase, and the DDT champion Kanosuke Takashita. And then, as you mentioned, the Dan Gan Bullet himself, Masato Tanaka. Naomi Shibara Fuji taking on the Suzuki's Hideki and Minero. Like this card, Alex, is the bonker. That's that's freaking insane. Like honestly, that's <laughs> I don't know who's gonna stream this or I mean uh, fight TV before the WWE buys you out. Please air this on the uh, on twenty six in twelve days. Um, yeah, that's a crazy freaking ass card. That is a show um, where I would have. Homer Simpson flags that say Japanese wrestling. Um, <laughs> why is Dragon Gate being the only non-Japanese company not participating in this? I think part of it too is because now they're running their August shows. Uh, they just did some stuff with All Japan as well because Yosuke Santa Maria and Kagetsu were in their uh, junior, the Battle of Glory junior tag tournament. They're in the they're in the, the finals. That's why I wanted you to watch it. Uh, oh, gotcha. So they they were doing some stuff with some other companies. So I think they're kind of just, hey, we got to keep our guys running that stuff. And the twenty fourth, uh, two days before that's the big Yamato Ben K show. So wow, I think it was I mean just, they got pretty much every company it seems like minus Dragon Gate and uh, and All Japan. Yeah, I man when that's when I saw man. that <laughs> the Suzuki tag match, I was like, well. Alex has to, has to see this because not only is it a and mineral, but it's Danny himself. It, it, and then let's and then just randomly Marafuji's in the match. Like, oh, okay, yeah. like no big deal. It's not just Hideki Suzuki and Mineral Suzuki and Masato Tanaka, but Marafuji's just sitting there. Like, yeah, I'll do it. Just does a run in during that. Oh God, he starts flying kneeing everybody. <laughs> just stares down Marafuji. Uh, but seriously, Suzuki and Tanaka, they're going to go elbow 
to oh elbow on each other for what five that five minute chop fest from like uh New Japan ninety three or whatever, they're probably gonna do that with elbows, right? Like for six oh minutes. Oh my god, they have well, to do that. Think of what's going to happen when Masato Tanaka does not go light on Hideki Suzuki. Hideki Suzuki's going to go yeah. all Billy Robinson on him and put him in some <laughs> sort of a hold and bring him to the ground. And then Tanaka's going to get up and just go right back at him. He's, I mean, it's going to be like Yukio Naya, but on a guy who can hold his own a little more than the young guy. Oh, my I mean, gosh. this match is going to be bonkers. And then Takashita versus Kiyomiya. Yeah. You see the DDT yeah. champ with the, with the Noah champ? I mean... This is not, and then and then Masayo Inoue is just randomly on the show, and he's and they're giving him Daisuke Sakamoto. Like, oh, okay, that makes me all like this. Oh, Tokyo Mania too. So we're gonna we're gonna try to find a way. We're gonna stow away (laughs) on a boat. (laughs) We're going around shipping some sort of materials that the U.S. taxed heavily, and we'll we'll be there for Tokyo Mania too. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought I was excited seeing Rock and Roll Express, uh, you know, Gibson Morton getting a Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship shot against the Briscoes. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll take it. That's cool. Um, they had a good I showing mean, at BCW. Yeah, I, it's, it's, I'm more excited that Rock and Roll is getting a rub more so than, man, ROH is really digging at the bottom of the bell here. Ladder War. What if it was a ladder war? Oh, God. I hope it's a scaffold war. Shout out to scaffolds, <laughs> by the way. Um, Loki, if you can find time to watch it, the main event of no Triple time. Mania was incredible. It was... Uh, uh, Omega Young blue, Bucks? No, God, that match sucked. That that was like a two-star special. I it, thought you it, said just, that was your favorite match. No, God, I didn't. No, 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 no. You no, said no, no. events. You got to have the Anglos the main event in Mexico, right? Yeah. <laughs> Explain to me why Kenny Omega loses and then he challenges Phoenix for the title. Oh, and that's after <laughs> he cuts the promo. You lost. Thanking everybody for coming to watch him fill the building. And nobody cared or understood him or bit into the heat. And then he was okay, like, ah. Velasquez. Um, I see. He's front and center on that poster, by the way. I look. I'm like I. I am done. Man, he's with, feeling I, himself. I don't care about the, the only cool part of the match was um, Kenny Omega ripped off Phoenix's mask and put it on. So so Phoenix covered his face, and Kenny Omega hits him with two V triggers, puts him up in Ooh. the uh, one wing angel. Phoenix rips the mask off of Omega, puts it back on, and does a reverse Rana. Like that was. Cool. Whoa, that's cool. So why well, I, I get what you're saying now. I've seen this before. I'm not really excited for the ladder match at all. I'm not at all. I'm like really even not. being there, I'd be like, eh. I like I could probably predict 89% of the match. Yeah, it's just like it's it's cool, it's fine, it's whatever. But like the triple mania match doesn't even like the fans didn't even care. Man, I mean, are are and Phoenix just kind of old news now, or even in Mexico? I, so somebody had a really good point. They said, "I don't want to see any combination of Phoenix, Pentagon, Kenny Omega, or the Young Bucks in the same ring anymore." Like, I've seen it so many times. Over a year, right? Since we last just, year, yeah, we like we don't need it anymore. Like I, I realized that too. I can't lie. When I watch the Lucha Bros, I'm not that excited for them as much as I used to. I'm just like, all right, 
Well, they're on, they already have a match on the on your worst of 2019 list yeah. already. And I'll tell you this: my most disappointing wrestler of 2019 is Kenny Omega. Whoa! You didn't like him in Shima. Yeah, I mean it was cool, but Shima did a lot of stuff in there too to make him. Yeah, have you Meteora. noticed that since he left New Japan, that his he just looks not like it just doesn't look like the same guy. To be fair, he has a lot more that he's doing. I think that in New Japan, New Japan he had to focus on wrestling. Like here, That's he has true. to focus on wrestling, executive producing, searching for Joshi talent, putting on Joshi matches. So he's doing a lot. Also playing video games. He has time for that anymore. So, I mean, over the last what? It's August, so the last nine months, ten months since they probably knew this was going to happen. Um, I mean, it's been pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You're, you know, but I give it to me. It just seems like, you know, I'm not, and again, this isn't us saying, oh, AEW is going to fail. We're excited for Wednesday night. Like, you know, even though they are competing on NXT's ground, not the other way around. Um, but it's just me. I'm excited for more of the younger talent than kind of the core of the Bucks Omega and Cody. Cody, I'm excited for because him and Spears could be an yep. interesting feud. But I'm excited for the Sammy Guevara's, for the MJFs, for the Janellas, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. You know, I'm excited for that core. You know, seeing the, the tag team, you know, uh, the tag teams, I should say, you know, with uh, you know, Private Party, you know, looking good, Best Friends, yep. you know, uh, the New Order. So, I mean, I'm more excited for that crop. You know, it's very reminiscent of Lucha, WCW, Cruiserweights, or what have you, where it's just like, ah, this is brand new. This is something that's going to yeah. be more mainstream. And oh, by the way, Orange Cassidy, which I don't know why people are pissed. <laughs> Get over it. He's not going to be there consistent every show. So when he's there, it's going to be a big, fun deal. So get over yeah, it. I, I hear that. the TV. That's what I'm talking about. Alex getting angry at the viewers or listeners. Sometimes People are just be called like, out. Man. That's hey, what I'm talking about. I'm excited for the Moxley matchups, you know, and all that other stuff. Like, Omega, that's cool, but I'm used to New Japan Omega time where I see him like once a month or once every two months where it's like a marquee match. Like, that's what I would be okay with with All Elite. Yeah, because and, and that's that's not what it feels like. Like, I've never had that same feeling when I'm like, oh, my God, Omega's going to wrestle Ishii tonight. Yeah. Like, I, I will say there was a tweet that popped up on our timeline, and I apologize. I don't remember who said it, so I can't give him credit. But it was like a picture of John Moxley, and it said, New Japan. All right, thanks for coming over. We're going to give you Ishii, Naito, and Shingo. And then it's like, uh, AEW, it's like, all right, we're going to give you the 10 guy. Yeah, <laughs> man. Which I'm pretty sure they wrestled at Florida Championship Wrestling. <laughs> I thought that was pretty. Funny. We can find that hidden gems on the network. <laughs> oh man, but I just yeah I don't know it's it's just I'm I might not I just I'm like whatever with it but the the main event of that Triple Mania going back to that it was Blue Demon <laughs> Junior and Ray Wagner. In a, a, a Poistas match, which is hair versus mask, and they came down the ramp and got into like a scaffold lift, like the Rock and Roll Express were on. And then the other dude came, Ray Wagner came on the other side and got on another one, and they got raised in the air 
and almost to the point they could touch, and then it stopped, and they're just screaming at each other. And while they're doing that, the big hype <laughs> video then plays in the background. And, what? And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was so That's cool. Crazy. And then after the hype video, they both get lowered down, and they walk to the ring. And, like, within mere minutes, they're both bleeding all over. Like, uh, Blue Demon Jr. has him in a Fujiwara armbar, and he's just bleeding all over himself and Ray Wagner. And then Ray Wagner's bleeding all over the place, and the heel ref's doing his heel tendencies and stuff. And then there was a botch where the ref was supposed to get pulled out of the ring, and he didn't, so he didn't count the three. So that kind of sucked into the end of it. But, like, this was as brutal as you could – like, this is the epitome of – the main event of their WrestleMania in a hair versus mask, like how violent you would expect these guys to be to protect their pride. That's how it was. And the finish as fake as it is, was so cool just because of the aesthetics of how violent this match was. But there's distraction on the outside. I can't remember who was out there, but um, Ray Wagner's paying attention to him. And he turns around and blue demons got a, like a cinder or a cement ball, like, it looks like he just picked up like a circular loose piece of cement, the size of maybe like a mini basketball and then just shatters it over Ray Wagner's head and then pins him. It was so awesome. <laughs> like, obviously it wasn't real, but it was one of those things where I'm like, yep. He just totally, totally just, just took a, a cement ball and smashed it over a human being's head and it just shattered everywhere. It looked perfect. Jeez. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that, like so, I mean, was that during Psycho Clown? <laughs> no, but even that match was awesome. The the uh, the Copa, uh, it, it's basically a Royal Rumble, but like all of it was angle based. So like everybody that would come out would have an angle with somebody else, and Aerostar <laughs> gets lowered from like a like yeah. a platform from the ceiling, and then just jumps into the center of the ring on top of everybody. And, like half the people don't catch him. <laughs> And he's just sitting there holding his arm down like, oh, shit. And then the other really- brutal part was there was a um, a six- or seven-way women's TLC match for the Reina de Reyes Championship. Hmm. And uh, uh, Chic Tormita was climbing up the top rope, and Tessa Blanchard shoved her off the top. And she did a front foot and was supposed to land on a ladder, I think, but completely hmm. missed it and just took a flipping senton bump right out of the cement on the floor from the top oh, row. Oh, her coccyx. And, like, everybody, like, charged over to, like, check on her. And they're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a then little, Tessa, damn, that match was like 10 minutes in a TLC match. Yeah, so it that was just literally, like, been 100 grab shit an and hit. Yeah, it was yeah. just, <laughs> I've never seen more people getting hit with cookie sheets at one time in my life. Like, I mean, it was, uh, like, uh, Fabi Apache's blasting Talia and and uh, Ayako Hamada's like smoking Tessa Blanchard and Chick Darmina's going nuts. And, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was falling just, on her coccyx. Yeah. So it was, who's it was so fun. one and two? Is it easily to say one and two women's wrestlers of of 2019? Tessa Blanchard and Shayna Baszler. Oh, that's a really good one. Especially like I really enjoyed the Sammy Callahan Tessa Blanchard match at Slammiversary. I thought it was really mm-hmm. good. Um, Tessa Blanchard right now is on that like 2016 level with that um, Candice LeRae was for me. Ooh. When she was having matches with like the Young Bucks and stuff, where it mm-hmm. doesn't look weird that she's in there with a guy. 
it looks natural because you know she she's built like she's not a little a twig. She's a thick, yeah. muscular chick, and everything she does looks good. Like she lays it in there. And Sammy Callahan is, is just he's so good right now. And everything they did was so perfectly done that I mean the build up with like the you know they had the baseball bat angle and then she attacks them on their barbecue on a roof yep. and then like they get the upper hand but then she fights back and starts beating the hell out of all of them with a baseball bat and like I mean it was like well built up and then the way the finish ended and then he gives her a baseball bat after the match is over like I respect you and then the, the pay per view goes off there like it was really good and. Tessa Blanchard's been on a roll, but man, Shayna Baszler. And it's crazy because it's like they did, it's like they did the right thing in that match too. Not saying that men are better than women, but I think Sammy Callahan should get that first win to not only build yeah. more heat for him, but you give Tessa that sympathizing from the crowd. A lot, you know, unlike Chris Jericho and China, where China beats him the first time, and you're like, oh well, where do you go from here? Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Like, like he he, the right person won, and they got they made a star out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Tessa Blanchard became a bigger star out of it. Like it's funny um, because, you know, you talk about intergender wrestling with that. You know, of course, beyond wrestling, a lot. You know, it's been going on the last couple of years more re- prevalent on the on the indie scene there. But the WWE is like, oh, we don't want to do intergender wrestling, and I'm like, wait, I just mentioned an intergender match that they had like 20 years ago with Chris Jericho and China or China and Jeff Jarrett, you know, or so on and so on. Beth Phoenix versus, you know, throwing dudes out the ring. So like, why are they like trying to brush this under when they could easily do it? Cause they've done it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It, by, by the way, speaking of intergender wrestling, supposedly, I think it's on one of the beyond uncharted shows. I'm going to have to dig for it. But I guess Chris Statlander, she's like a second or third year pro, but she's apparently like the real deal. It's kind of like Yutami Hayashi Shida in in Stardom, where it's like in six months it just clicked, and like it's it's like how Cain Velasquez looked, like he just looked like he got it like that in that match. And um, really, she had a match. He looked great, by the way. But uh, Chris Statlander had a match with Joey Janela, and there was people going like four and three quarters on this match. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I saw a lot of it being talked about after the, the Sammy Callan Tessa thing where they're like, if you like this, you haven't seen anything until you see Janela Statlander. So nice. I, I'm going to try to go out of my way and check it out if it's supposedly that good. But no, Cain Velasquez, man, he was doing like, he's doing spots with black Taurus where Taurus like shoots him off the rope and Velasquez, Jumps and does a Huron Conrana to him, like flat-footed, jumps up, lands on his knees, runs back off the ropes, runs past him, grabs his arm, jumps, lands on the middle rope, jumps backwards and does mm-hmm. like an arm drag. I mean, he was doing like all these lucha spots. He looked really good in that ring. <laughs> nice, nice. Like, like uh, you could tell he, he, you could tell like he hasn't. Like, he's not a wrestler, per se. Like, he doesn't, like, get the little mannerisms. Because there are still, like, weird things he was doing, like, awkwardly standing, and his hands were doing things that didn't make sense at times. Like, he didn't know what was going on. And, you know, there's just a little... <laughs> Somebody said he's no D'Angelo Williams from uh, Impact. But, I mean, he looked... <laughs> Velasquez looked really good. Like, it's... I was pleasantly surprised. 
better or under Gambit? Better. God, way better. Tank uh, Abbott okay. dancing in three counts was better than Tank Abbott wrestling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to see him uh, have a, another uh, career outside the octagon. There, plus he's and the, the crowd I mean, loves God, it. he's got the look. Oh yeah, his my name's God. And the Velasquez. was so behind him at that. Uh, Arena Mexico, like they were, they ate it up, and and like he by choice wore the lucha mask, like he wanted to. If I'm gonna do this, I want to honor the tradition. Like it wasn't they just put it on to kind of all right, let's put a mask on you so people don't don't see your facials if you're not selling well, things like that. Like he chose mm-hmm. to do it. And he looked really good. And, you know, if he keeps this up, man, whew, I I can guarantee you his tag partner had a conversation to him about wrestling. Um, in the States, if you know what I'm talking about, uh, mm-hmm. since he tagged with Mr. Cody Rhodes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That, that'd be a nice pop for uh, one of the shows on these days. It's going up uh, in only under two months. Very exciting. So, but that was just some of the other shows in this extremely long weekend of wrestling. I mean, I probably put 25 hours in over the weekend, 16, I think, in one day. But. Man, I'm one show behind. I'm DDT is all I got left. And then, uh, <laughs> mind you, after you caught up on DDT starting, I think, on Sunday is the Stardom Five-Star Grand Prix, which I want to get into. So just when you thought it was safe, more rolls around the corner. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. But, as long as uh, to watch Clash of Champions, I'll be fine. Oh, God. How many how many matches are not gonna have a title match on it? Huh. Uh two. <laughs> well, let's 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 get into this here. Um I'm not like I'm probably not gonna have a ton to say about SummerSlam, but I'd love to talk takeover and do that first with you. Um NXT Takeover Toronto two, I believe it was. We had five matches on the card. Um really good show top to bottom. I had a I, I had a four, a four and three quarters, a four and a half, a three and a half, and a four and a half. You know, great night of action, top to bottom is all you can ask for on a show like these. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I'm choking on the aesthetics of pro wrestling. Uh, we got the opening contest. The Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford defending the NXT Tag Team Champions against Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era, former Red Dragon member, uh, or tag team, excuse me. Street Profits get the victory. A nice, simple tag match. They kept to a formula that works perfect. They had some good heat on Montez Ford. He got a really nice hot tag to Angelo Dawkins. I went four flat on this guy. Um, Nothing bad to say about this. Nothing bad whatsoever. You mean the theme by Slipknots? (laughs) Nope, got past that. Sorry. Um, I I apologize. If uh, if you didn't have to, you know, if you were in a in a in a huge spot fest with your internet right now, Jesus, like I'm in an EWI match. (laughs) You're getting the rope a dope like I usually get with Blog Talk when Arcade's running the servers. Oh man. (laughs) Um, But. I was just saying, I went four flat on uh, Street Profits Undisputed Air. What did you think on the contest, Alex? Hell of an open. It was quick and to the point. Great showcase for uh, Street Profits. Because, I mean, going into the show, it was like, you know, 
Undisputed Era. They're going to hold all the gold. So, you know, a little <laughs> part of me was like, all right, it's, you know, the WWE. So, yeah, they're going to run this faction wild and, and give them all the gold this night. But, no, Montez Ford, uh, you know, looking fantastically athletic. Um, and Dawkins with those double spears at the end of the match with, again, Ford getting the splash um, on, o- on O'Reilly, O'Canada's own, um, you know, which I thought was great. But a hell of an opener. What NXT does at their takeover shows, they do it right. Open with a tag team match. Um, and then <laughs> just to get the crowd hot, and that's definitely what they did. Um, and, you know, this only gives the Street Profits more clout when they show up on Monday nights. Um, so kudos to them. Kudos to all involved in those two trips in NXT for not doing the obvious to start it off. What do you think is gonna is there to make of this whole Street Profits are always on Raw just talking? Like, is this a good thing or is this one of those exposure? Like, what are they trying to accomplish here type thing? Like, it, it, does this hurt them or is it good getting, for them? I think it's good for them, um, just due to the fact that you know. I don't watch NXT regularly. You know, I, I know Street Profits from, you know, the few times I did watch or playing uh, 2K uh, or seeing them in an NXT show in Florida a year and a half ago. Um, but I've seen improvement, and I think seeing them with that exposure, albeit minimal, it's just something where it's just people are saying, who is this team? I need to check them out. And then when, you know, to see their interaction with the crowds on a takeover, I think that's when people get more invested into them and saying, okay, what are they planting for when they do come up to the main roster? So it won't be that big of a shock and awe where it'll just be more comfortableness with the core crowd watching them on Mondays. So I think it's in, in the long run, it's, it's smart. You know, I think Heyman, hopefully it's Heyman, uh, and is trying to, to get some new new life into that roster on Mondays. And that's like, and, and that's one of the, 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 the I see you don't like it. I will say, no, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I just, there's certain times when, and I think it's gotten better with Heyman kind of helping do a lot of it, but mm-hmm. there's just certain times where I'm watching it going, man, this is not doing them any favors with some of this hokey crap they're doing. And then but they're hokey on like, Wednesdays. What's that? Oh, they're yeah, hokey yeah. on Wednesdays, though. I mean, so it's just their 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 character. Like, there's just certain times when they'll just randomly pop up after a match and they'll do their kind of like spiel before they started actually like having a personality with the Dawkins thing and stuff. Yes. Where before they would just kind of be like, ha 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 ha, and they're talking and like, there's no reaction, and I'm going, damn it, man, you guys are killing these guys. Like, this is, and, and all I can think of, this is the epitome of Vince McMahon going, ha, the red cup's funny. Put him on our show. And just have him talk. <laughs> and it's just like, well, why? What do you want him to do then? You're not, it doesn't make sense what you're having him do. And at least Heyman, like, you can tell is giving them a little character and a little yes. personality with the roster. And I like it. I like it more. I'm just, you know, I was scared to death at first of it. Give a more purple drink. That's the worst Vince impression ever. But you know that's what he said. Give a Put more. Put some purple. of that Hennessy shit in there. <laughs> we'll get sponsored from Robitussin. Oh, the Nas can be on. He's on those commercials. He I, could be the new Florida. 
I used to walk around the strip of uh, where I went to college with a gas can full of purple drink on the weekends and just walk <laughs> up and down drinking that shit at like three in the morning as the streets were crowded. Uh, Carbondale? Yeah. SIU or whatever? <laughs> Southern Illinois University Salukis? Woot woots. Is that where the David Terrell thing happened? <laughs> David Terrell! David Terrell! <laughs> And then he became a bear. And then he oh, was man. not a bear. No. Yes. But God. I will I, I don't I want to think about those that dark guy. times. <laughs> um, <laughs> next up, uh boy, this is this is gonna be on the list of one of the matches that's not a, that I didn't go five on. That when I go, all right, I had six five star matches, I need to pick four more. And I look at that lump of Kento Miyahara and Will Ospreay matches that are like four and three quarters, and I try to decide what to do, I'm going to just skim past, and I'm going to find Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. This match had me losing my freaking mind. And the reason I I loved it so much was I was was immensely at the point when I watched this. I was like, hey, glad it's on the main roster or on the main show. They're probably going to get like six minutes, but at least they're putting them on TV, and maybe we'll get a big NXT um, Wednesday night main event with them. And then EO does the suplex on the on the um, the table at the beginning. <laughs> the I'm like, damn, they're going to do an injury angle on Candice and build it up. Hey, maybe we'll still get some kind of a gimmick match where the title changes hands and then they can feud for the title. But then Candice gets in at eight, and I'm like, oh, well, that was surprising. And then they go longer. And I don't know the exact match time. I don't know if you have any of the match times on this show. I guess I can Wikipedia. That's what I'm looking uh, up right now. But uh, they were um, definitely given time to shine for both NXT performers. NXT over Toronto. Um, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, 15 flat. This got 15 minutes. And by like the five-minute mark, I'm going, all right, they, you know, they had a couple near falls. They're, they're going to wrap up. I'm like, ooh, now they're doing apron bumps. Ooh, now they're striking. Io Shirai is killing Candice LeRae. Oh, Candice LeRae <laughs> is coming back now. Oh, wait, now they're doing... Okay, now we just saw a power... Okay, now they just did a top rope Spanish fly. And, like, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, it's been 10 minutes and they're still going. Now they're getting false finishes, and I'm going, my God. If this match gets 20 minutes or 22 minutes and they continue these falsies, this is going to be an Io Shirai five-star special that she put out and started with Kyrie Hojo mm-hmm. or Kyrie Sane as we know her now. And it, it, it would have, this match was so good that if it, they would have gave it the extra five minutes, these two women were in such a zone that they would have gave us another solid five of that. And I would have went five stars. And the only reason I didn't go five is because I just wanted a little more. And I don't mean that as a bad thing because this was, this, this was the most perfect 15 minute match you could, you could ask for the, the fact that Candice LeRae, looked like a million dollars in putting mm-hmm. over everything EO did. They gave EO the ball. She ran with it. Candace hung with her because they finally realized Candace LeRae is a great damn wrestler people. And EO Shirai showed why in, in some of the Japanese magazines uh, four or five years ago, she was getting voted the best wrestler in Japan with the men. Like she was, a, Dave Meltzer had her in the top 10 like wrestlers of the year, two years in a row. Like, wow. and she showed every minute of it. And, Everybody, everybody talks about WWE. They they bring over these these imports and they have no expressions on their faces or no charisma. And 
and then they don't get over and everyone's mad. The internet community is mad. If you don't think Io Shirai doesn't have charisma and doesn't get her character, you're on drugs. Because the facial she was having in frustration with Candace <laughs> kicking out of everything was yep. fantastic. Io Shirai then finally gets her down long enough to hit her moonsault. I get on my basement floor to count the three count, and Candace nope. LeRae kicks the F out. And that's what I went. Give me five minutes, and this is getting five stars. Jen comes storming down the stairs like a nutcase. The hell's that noise going on down here? And I'm like, don't take me out of this match. I have to see this. Thanks and then she mom. puts her in a yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom comes down and she puts her in Genius. that Koji clutch variation, and then she loses. And I go, I was, I didn't get to see the last minute. And she fiddles with the door and just walks away from me. And I'm like, you son mm. of a gun. <laughs> Which is pretty entertaining, though, looking back at it. But, like, this match was so good, dude. And I, I love that you texted me today and said, hey, after that conversation and how just excited you were, I went back and watched it again, and holy crap, this is incredible. You know, Alex, floor is yours, man. You gave it a rewatch today. Thoughts on this match? I take a lot of notes. I added probably three more paragraphs of notes, and I was like, I don't know what I was doing during the first watching on Saturday. I thoroughly enjoyed it on Saturday. At first, I was a little annoyed with the kickouts, uh, but rewatching it again and realizing how much offense offense Candice LeRae actually had, um, mm-hmm. I was just like, holy shit, let's go, uh, just due to the fact that like you were saying, Candice LeRae having offense, uh, the suicide dive into that swinging DDT uh, to the outside, and then her hitting the double (laughs) stomp, insane, the reverse rata by Candice LeRae, and then also hitting that swinging neck breaker off the middle rope. Oh my God, Uh, that was so beautiful. (laughs) And then Candice LeRae taking a Spanish fly and then kicking out at the uh, 2.999 uh, that's when I popped uh, today as well, rewatching it. But the back, the backbreaker driver she hit, then the moonsault, where again, where uh, Candice LeRae kicks out, you're just like, no one kicks out of that moonsault. Uh, but but it's what made this match even more special to me was I totally spaced. Candice LeRae didn't tap. The ref stopped the match with the Kobe yeah. clutch. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing spot by Io Shirai, but what was also amazing about it was Io Shirai's main streak. The ground and pound that she was doing, especially in the beginning of the match, her charisma, you know, like you said, her, you know, showing shock and awe. It's like, nope, why, what do I do to put her down? You know, where it was finally the ref stopping it, you know, to, to end the match. There was only one little botch in there, uh, but Io Shirai played it off really well. It was right when uh, Candice LeRae went to try to give her kind of like a German off of the uh, the top rope there. She didn't entirely grab her, but Io Shirai like jumped back and landed on her feet. Again, nothing oh, yeah, too so crazy. Cool. But she caught yeah, it, it was, so well. It almost made it better, I think, because I saw that and went, oh shit, Candace fell. And Io Shirai just lands on her feet and shakes her head. Nope, that's not going to happen. Correct, yeah. I went, so that's and, why and I was that's, like, oh, she played it oh, fantastic. It's it, and this 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 is what made me go. I am not scared for Io Shirai anymore. Like no. they realize that they have that she might be the best wrestler on that NXT roster, like through and through. And I'm saying that against some of my favorite. Honestly, in the world, Ryan, like Adam, Adam Cole and Pete Dunne, Roddy. <laughs> Honestly, Ryan, I 
I think this is probably, and I don't watch, I haven't watched Stardom. I haven't watched, you know, all of that fun stuff over there in Japan. But I think this is probably, and I've seen a lot this year, the best women's match I think I've seen all year. Oh, yeah. I, I literally went as far as to say is I think this was better than the Bailey-Sasha stuff. Because yeah. the Bailey-Sasha stuff was so good because we just weren't used to seeing it. or weren't The chemistry to was there company. just like Sasha and Bailey. Mm-hmm. That's what was and, perfect about it. And it had that built-in storyline where Candice LeRae was helping her out. Hey, I know you. I'm going to guide you through NXT. And then we're, you know, finally she didn't get Io Shirai over. You know, she takes her frustrations out on Candice LeRae, you know, which is just sets up perfectly into a match yeah, where it just scares me, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that, that just happened? I didn't know that happened. I'm like, well, sign me the F up for this. But this was just an amazing match, honestly, the best women's match, uh, at least on this soil. Um, well, I guess it was Toronto. But, you know, North America um, was, was just an amazing showcase for both women. But as I stated to you, Ryan, what scares me is will we ever get a match like this again? Because this, honestly, was just a 15-minute Ground and pound, 619, suicide dive, Spanish fly into the Koji clutch with various kickouts. It's amazing. Amazing watch. Because if there's one thing Triple H has done well with NXT is when when he puts a match like this together and it gets that type of reaction, he's smart enough to not go away from it. I mean, look at the American Alpha Revival stuff. Look at after the reaction from Bailey and Sasha, what happened? Look mm-hmm. at um, look at what happened after Cesaro and Sami Zayn, what they did with that. Like it's it's one of those things where he understands when something works, and I don't think he'll go away from this. And I, you know, I, I look at Baszler and Hojo; they decided to, to trade yeah. the belts to keep it going. And I I love your comparison with the chemistry, and I think what what even solidifies it even more for me is Candice LeRae is a better Bailey at getting sympathy and having, because <laughs> she, she has a much better offense and she can sell a lot better. She may not have the charisma a hundred percent of Bailey, but she has but the she, aggression that Bailey yep. is missing. Yep. She is, she is a perfect white meat baby face and, and she's so good at it. And heel Io Shirai I mean, it, you know, it, Amazing. people, it is what it is. You know, everyone knows my love for Sasha. Io Shirai is much better than Sasha Banks. So you take those two women and you up their game with better workers and you give them that floor that they did on this match. And that's why this was incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean think, think about this if they give them 20 minutes. And they're just going to have a better match. And, and I mean, you know, once again, Io Shirai, the beauty of what she did was, just like you said, she couldn't put her away. So she goes, fine. If I can't, if she, I, I know she's never going to quit. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to make her, make her pass out. Cause she's never going to, she's never going to stop kicking out. She's never going to, she has too much of a will. So fine. I'll, eventually she's just going to pass out from the pain. And that's what happened. Ah, and it was, it, it was perfect for, for the Candice LeRae route too, to make her look better. And it, this was a match, not for the pedestal of building a new star per se, because I feel like, People already know that Io Shirai should be a star, but this was very reminiscent, reminiscent to me of the way that you kind of talked about KZ 
and Ben K or excuse me, Casey and Shin Skywalker, where it was mm-hmm. two people that just kind of went in there to be a showcase and they did their job. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned, man, it just felt like Shin Skywalker got his ass kicked the whole time. And a lot of people said, Io Shirai just kicked Candice LeRae's ass the whole time. But just like Ben K and Shun Skywalker, if you really stop and look at the meat and potatoes of it, Candice LeRae a la Shun Skywalker got so much more offense than it seemed yes. like because their counterpart was so good at building their offense to the sympathy of the other that you didn't even remember that they got an offense because of how great the match was. And what you, what you now saw with the EO Candice match was, was the same thing that I saw first watch with KZ and Shun Skywalker. So like whatever that goes back on the, the Dragon Gate network, I challenge you go back with this mentality and watch it. And I think you'll like that match even more, which is going to be hard. Oh, I will. You liked it before. I will now for sure. Because that, that was exactly my first thought was like, Oh, Candice Ray, She's a perfect version of, of her husband, Johnny Gano, that white, you know, meat baby face where he's just like, yeah, you know, just having the colorful, you know, backdrop and yeah, we're going to win everybody. But no, watching this is like she can wrestle. Like I've only heard <laughs> of her stuff with the Bucks and Joey Ryan and all that stuff, you know, from a few years ago. So I'm like, oh, this this lady needs to just beat the hell out of everyone. The nice too is after this rivalry ends, now you can insert both of these at separate times competitors in uh, for Shayna Baszler. So I and, mean, you just know- think of these two. I want to see Candice LeRae get a 15-minute match with Shayna Baszler. And I want to see what they can do. Because, it's you know, a couple of people said this to me when I was, when I was tweeting during the show about how much I like Shayna Baszler. Um, a buddy of mine called me, and somebody else said something. They're like, man, you love Shayna Baszler. And, and like, what am I missing? I said, she is the, mo- she is, is the, the NXT version of Brock Lesnar where everything she does is believable. And the matches, whether they're long or short, feel more like an event and spectacle because you know that this chick is a legit badass. And mm-hmm. at any point, she could kill me a yim. And for as much and as, she you did. know, I went three and a half. <laughs> you know, so it, it didn't, it wasn't, it was really good, but mm-hmm. me a yim just didn't, you know, she wasn't the same as, as Kyrie or, Io Shirai, or even Bianca Belair, for that matter, for the match style. But the one thing about Mia Yim that I loved about that match is she's the first chick to not go, not be afraid to go in there and punch her right back in the mm-hmm. mouth. And that was evident in the match. Like, that was what was really good about it. And they told a really good West story. It just, it, you know, it, look, it, there's nothing, nothing wrong with Mia Yim. But, you know, she's not on the level as some of these other women were. And the division's kind of in a rebuild because they've had Baszler mm-hmm. run through everyone and I get it. And it was a perfect person to have it. I'm just, a part of me was a little nervous that they were going to have her take the title. And I'm like, dude, this is the wrong person to beat her. And they didn't. And I'm, I'm very glad they didn't do it. And they, they made me look a little better too that way. Cause you know, she, she couldn't do the, she couldn't get her in the, in the choke. So she did it with her legs. Yeah. You know, she just had <laughs> scissors her and squeezed her. <laughs> Triangle, literal triangle. Anyways, that's you know a horrible mean, joke. I guess we but kind again, of, what I we... liked is how she stooped to that level of like lie, cheat, steal, like whatever. Like she yeah. was trying to do anything point. and everything to beat Baszler, which I thought was a nice, uh, you know, kind of a character switch, you know. But of course, that goes with you know 
Vince's or the WWE's version of minorities and their backgrounds and, you know, bandanas and backwards hats and street dancers in the entrances, you know, whatever stereotype they want to run with. But I, I, I like that. She was like, I'm not going to beat you as wrestling, so I'm going to beat you any way I can. I'm going to try to street fight you because hey, that's all I know. You know, I, I liked how they inserted that backdrop of her personal but I like the grassroots wrestling of this match from Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, we've we've been we've been the Shayna Baszler since the inception of of Wrestlecast Radio. Hell, probably even when we talked on Sportscast Radio many years ago, was we're like this this woman is amazing. When I saw her cut a promo during a house show NXT in Florida with like I don't know two hundred people, I was like, oh, this she's the real deal. I don't even want to mm. say chick because I don't want to disrespect her. I was like, this, she <laughs> is the real deal. Um, and then when I went to a show in Sioux Falls last year, like she wasn't even there, but she was getting a mad chance. And I'm like, oh yeah, this, she's just amazing. Like you said, the believability, the carnage that she possesses, whether she'll strikes, you know, beat you with strikes or, you know, the, the coquina clutch or with her legs, with the triangle choke. I mean, it's any any which way but loose for her. And this match just has got as much time as, you know, the, the Candice LeRae and, and Io Shirai match. So I, I think a very good spotlight of women's wrestling for the weekend. But again, NXT one-ups, you know, kind of the main roster. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Because, I mean, you know, you look at SummerSlam, and I thought it was, I thought it was one kind of a eh match. One, yeah, that eh, was okay, and one, okay, I can get behind kind of match, you know. But six so women think, matches for the weekend—that's pretty good. That's awesome, actually. That's great progress. Yeah, and and you know, I still don't know who Tasha Steele is. Steels is, but that's beside the point. But no, you know, I'm talking I, about just WWE because they had four oh, on SummerSlam and two. Yeah, I didn't watch the pre-show. I didn't watch the pre-show. No one did. I saw. I saw Alexa Bliss was Buzz Lightyear and did some spot where she stopped to shoot Peyton Royce. And I was like, dude, if this was a DDT, I'd be all over it. But this is something where I could see the wrong person wanted to do this. And they're just like, we don't know. Like, they didn't know what to do after they did the spot. They just stood there like, all right, what do we do now? <laughs> I was like, oh, God, just stop. Just quit. You're, you look you're... like you could see Nikki Cross was like, like scratching at the like the ring rope, like oh god, why am I standing here while this is happening? Kind of thing. <laughs> it was bad, but I mean, you know, I mean, it, they showed out and Mia yeah. Yim for as much as she was, you know, seems behind all three of these women. She worked hard, and you could tell she was working. I think a little too hard because you could see Mia Yim was getting a little gassed by the end of it because she was going toe to toe with a workhorse like Baszler. Yeah. And Baszler, for all the kudos she got, man, or, you know, that she gets, she kept Mia Yim going to that match. And she did a lot of good stuff. And, you know, if there's any indication of how it looked, Baszler looked like she was calling that thing. And Baszler's having her do the arm spot to her where she's paybacks or karma's a bitch or whatever. And she does it. <laughs> Baszler's selling the hell out of it. And, like, Shayna Baszler, the, the thing with her that you could just tell – that she understands the business is the is just the way she sells and the way that she yes. puts extra emphasis into not being able to use the limbs and put over that she is hurt and sell the fatigue that we've grown to be you know really appreciate that 
you know, we started seeing with the Omega Okada stuff. And, you know, she's very good at doing that. And then she's like, all right, I, I, fine. I'm just going to lock your, I'm just going to squeeze your head. And you're just going to have to quit because there's nothing you can do to get out of this. And she, how she I mean, flipped she it just, from the arm bar. I mean, she yes, is just the mission. I can't magician. squeeze you. <laughs> Boop, bring you down my body. And now I got you in a, and then in Mia Yim, kudos to her, the way she sold it. She gave it that, mm-hmm. oh no. It, she yeah. had the same look that, uh, that Nomura had when he, when, when Mia Hara got him in the, the shutdown German and he couldn't get his legs out of it. And he just started shaking in panic because he knew if this happened, there was nothing he could do. So he just had to try any way he could to get out of it before he knew he was going to lose. And he did. Mia Yim gave it that, oh no, and tried everything in her might until she just had to tap. Like it was a great finish. You know, and, and for that, I still, like I said, I still had three and a half on the match. I really liked the match. <laughs> it just, what? it had a lot. It, it, it's kind of hard when the two matches before it are Shirai, Candice, and then the three-way North yeah. American title match. Like, you had some pretty stuff, stiff competition leading you into your match. But I like it how it's two different <laughs> uh, variations of, of a match for, for the women's division. There, there mm-hmm. one was, you know, a hard, not a hardcore, but it was just like, you know, a brawl. And then this was just a legit wrestling. Hey, we're going to wrestle. I'm going to beat your arm down. So you can't do any of your submission moves. Oh, wait, your legs are around me. Oh, I got to tap. You know, like <laughs> it was just straight, you know, ring psychology to I'm going to ground down you and, and just try to, you know, just kill you. So kudos oh, again to, to all four women. Uh, you know, a very good core, like you said, re- rebuilding on the NXT women's roster. But uh, they, 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 I believe they got some good uh, candidates, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later on with their new class. Um, what else was there? Uh, what I mean, do you think was the bigger pop for you? Later. What do you think was the bigger pop for you? Uh, Matt Riddle coming out, even though uh, he allegedly had heat after going all uh, at all the legends on Twitter, including Chris Jericho and Goldberg and Booker T, uh, the previous oh, and he week ran into with him and Dane, yeah. Don't <laughs> or uh, what's call that? Him bro, don't forget bro. he called him bro. I'm not your bro. <laughs> Take it easy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, him and uh, Dane going at it, and then that dude taking the uh, the spot on the table. As Killian Dane charged the uh, Riddle and that security guy, um, or Austin Theory being shown and no reaction and no Fs uh, were given. I felt bad for Austin Theory. Um, Why? I, I, because like, you know, when when the first time we saw somebody that in the in the crowd where it was like a oh my god type thing was when we saw Kota Ibushi. Remember, he was the first one. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that's Kota Ibushi. And then we're like, oh, my God, that's Bobby Roode. Oh, my God, that's, you know, that's Adam Cole and things like that or whatever. Oh, my God, that's Britt Baker behind Stephanie McMahon. (laughs) Well, then you're just like, oh, it's, uh, it's, oh, Austin Theory. Oh. Oh, nobody gives a crap about Austin Theory. Like, oh, you popped, didn't you? I did. I and he, well, here's the thing too: is I didn't pop a pop of it. I'm trying to not say Popovich. Um, I didn't Ooh. pop for it as of. Oh man, Austin Theory's here. I I popped as 
oh, please tell me this means Evolve is going to go to um, oh, the, network. the network. And that's why they're showing him. Austin Theory, uh, part of the new Performance Center class uh, that will, I think, started today. Uh, so Austin Theory is a part of that. Santana Garrett. Uh, Kendall Kachin. Um, Tahuti Miles. Alexander Jaksik. Big German dude. Marcus Gomez. Catalina Garcia. So on and so on. Uh, Santana Garrett explained to the audience. Um, I believe she was a part of the Mayon Classic a few years ago, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, do you think she could make a big splash in an NXT system and the main event uh, or main roster a few years down the line? So I would, before we talk the uh, other two title matches, um, you don't by chance have the NXT roster in front of you. And if you do, don't open it. Okay, but I do. Do you have it open by chance? Okay. No. I want to ask you a couple people, and I want you to tell me uh, who these wrestlers are. Don't say Reina Gonzalez. Um, can you tell me who Bronson Reed is? Bronson Reed. Is this like his shoot name? Oh, this is his NXT name. These are all people uh, who used to wrestle. Um, be like that were big deals. I'm gonna go through about six or seven of these. Uh, no, Bronson Reed used to be the former Jonah Rock. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, what about Cameron Grimes? Cameron oh, that's Grimes. Uh, that's the dude from North Carolina, the Hardys. He was in progress, and I forgot Trevor his Lee. Gimmick, but there you go. Yeah, Trevor Lee. Uh, Damian Priest. Uh, one of the worst wrestlers ever for Ring of Honor. Punishment. Damn. Priest says. That guy's whack. Oh, shots fired. Baron Corbin uh, called. He wants his gimmick back. Oh, I thought it was the other way around, but maybe we'll have to get a Baron Corbin, Damian Priest dream match to settle the score. Oh, yuck. Uh, uh, what about Dexter Loomis? Who is Dexter <laughs> Loomis? Keith Lee? No, that is uh, Samuel Shaw, former uh, Impact. Oh, stocked, uh, wait, that's the guy from the Chris X-Men Hemi. comics. <laughs> he he stocked uh, Chrissy <laughs> Hemi, and he looks like Dexter. And he was at uh, he was at uh, Starcast. He's all jacked. Nobody no was idea. in his line. He had less people that's... than uh, than uh, Virgil. Um, uh, what's Allison K and Angelina loved it or whatever. Um, Isaiah Scott. Who is Isaiah uh, Scott? Is that Swerve? Yes, Isaiah Swerve Scott, uh, Sean Strickland. Uh, what about what about Joaquin Wild? Uh, ooh, um, let's see. Norman Smiley's a trainer. Um, Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, no, that is uh. Uh, Donovan Dijak is Dominic Diajakovic. Um, oh, man. Jo- uh, uh, Joaquin Wilde is DJZ. Oh, okay. I can get down with that. Oh, yeah, because he said he became a wrestler because I think it was like his uncle was Joaquin. So it was like a tribute to him. I think he might have passed away or he's sick or something. But he wanted to pay respect to the guy who got him into wrestling. So I'm down with that. I'm excited for DJZ to be a part of NXT, to be honest. I should start yeah, watching I, these tournament matches where all these guys are in. It's like the yeah, he's, star. He's a perfect guy. What, well, speaking of breakout, the 2019 breakout champion uh, defeating Cameron Grimes. 
Uh, Jordan Miles. Jordan Miles. Oh, why should I know this? Um, he, he is your 2019 breakout winner. Gets a title shot of any championship. Uh, would you, would you uh, like a hint? Yes. Two years ago, we called him the mummy. <laughs> ACH. Yep. <laughs> oh. Um, I think I'm that's about that. it. He won that, wild huh? Name. Yeah, he beat Trevor Lee in wow. the, uh, the the championship. Um, so does that mean we have, we're going to see a huge exodus of NXT, current NXT male wrestlers? Since let's be real, Ryan, you got four or five guys that could take the ball. Yeah. Or am I, I hope, wrong? Man, there's, I, I just, I really just wish they would take Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano and move them to the main roster. And I wish they would take on the speed and air and move them to the main roster, keep them together and push them. And let's start getting. Um, you just want to go to Chicago and see on the speed of the air versus the club. Oh God. Well, what about this guy uh, that we don't see enough on TV? It seems like already uh, his real name is Yujiro Kushida. <laughs> I forgot he was in NXT. He's too busy yeah. setting up the ring. Yeah. <laughs> like, why have we not seen Kushida and more Keith Lee? And why is why is Matt freaking Riddle doing an angle and not wrestling on a pay per view? Like, hey, bro. I get they, like they have a lot of people, and I understand that. But it's almost to the point where they have too many people. Too and many people to. Move some of these guys out, then fire some of the trash on the main roster. Kushida was trained by Scott DeMore. Up in Canada. That's crazy. Um, He was trained by Nobuhiko Takata, too, I know. Um, Uh, It says Tajiri, sir. Tajiri? Oh, he was, too. I know Nobuhiko Takata did. Um, oh. In the old Dojo oh, yeah. days. <laughs> then the next sentence is Nobuhiko Sakata Sakata. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't know about the rest of them. I'm sorry. But I do know for a fact Sakata did. Because <laughs> oh, awesome. I think you can even see him in some of his videos. But Damn, um, he was a part of Hustle. Yeah, Tajiri's group or Tajiri's promotion. Do the hustle. Um, what about <laughs> Peter England? You like Peter England? Uh, who's that, Brookside? No, that is uh, Pete Dunne. Oh, boo. Which, which coming I thought back it to was progress. Robert England. I was thinking Robert England. Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Um, yeah, because, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, yeah. Kushida was uh, with uh, the Takata, uh, the Takata's dojo, because um, that was part of Hustle, which then got him, he was like one of the Power Ranger guys, the Heyman or the hustle, the hustle Rangers or whatever, um, and then he the was with, uh, the Yingling about? Monster Army to uh, Kushida. What's your favorite Mars Wang match? Who the f- Mars Wang? <laughs> He's currently signed to the NXT. His name is Mars <laughs> Wang. Is his oh ring my name? God. Um, he looks like a hood dentress. <laughs> Here, here's one for you. Um, my guy from the Rattels, Daisuke Harada, um, tagged with Zeus. Um, and in the tournament, they defeated in the semifinals, Kushida and Tajiri. Ooh. It's 
kind of a little cool story. Anyway, now we're getting we're getting crazy like normal. Um, <laughs> uh, North American Championship match. Family Team Dream is the correct choice. Defeat Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. Hits the Purple Rainmaker. Uh, gets the pin on Roddy, I believe, if I remember right, which was the right call. Um, fun. fun fun match. A lot of good stuff. What's that? He threw Roddy off of Dunn because Roddy hit the uh, the backbreaker gimmick. And then all of a sudden, Dream, like you said, Purple Rainmaker off the top after getting thrown out of the ring. Hits the elbow, oh, yeah, he did it to, throws Roddy okay. off, and pins Dunn, which was crazy. I knew I awesome I, could, I thought for some reason he pinned or he threw Roddy and or threw Dunn and pinned Roddy. I was how I remembered it. Um, but I I like the camera work too, where he just kind of came out of nowhere. Like you didn't yeah. even see him. It was just oh, there's Velveteen Dream. Like all right, that was tight. Um, that match was oh, I was great. I went four and a half on it. it was a really good match. It was. You know, it was what you want in a match like this. And, you know, Workers that working. Ex- it exceeded my expectations. And I say that it exceeded expectations yeah. by giving it a four and a half because this match was de- was designed, I can almost guarantee, to just go out there and put on a good, you know, 17-minute match, 17-24 match, and just just keep the crowd hot. And they were able to actually make it, instead of just a spot fest, they actually put some – Put some story behind it, and that's what bumped mm-hmm. me. Because I, all I was said, I, I said, just give me a four star special, and let me just see a spot fest with these three guys doing what they do. And they put some substance behind it. And I give them credit. Oh damn and, right. You know, one thing you call me out on every every time we was talking about takeover um, is my favorite thing. It's what I said to you on the phone the other day, and we talked for fifty two minutes or whatever it said on the thing when I realized <laughs> it. Uh, um, Velveteen Dream is one of my favorite wrestlers. Because he is my NXT Young Lion, where I get to watch him progressively get better every single time he wrestles. He had a small spot that I can, I'll try to go through and pinpoint, and, you know, if anyone wants to see what I'm talking about. But he threw some horrible lariats and punches, and it was him definitely either talking or listening to Roderick Strong about yeah. the next spot, and he, was, he got out of the moment and started thinking about it. But then he got back up and he hit another move and then another move and he got right back into the flow of things when he knew what we, was going on next. And he looked better than he has ever looked for me. This was a match where I thought Velveteen Dream outshined Dunn and Roddy. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that I would have ever said in a million years when, when you got Roddy Strong and Pete freaking Dunn in a match together where Velveteen Dream was the harder worker out of the three. Um, he just he looked great, man. He's he's now the longest reigning North American champion, 191 days or 172 or whatever it is, if you want to count the three weeks where they had him not even champion and then change it at the tapings um, back <laughs> before Mania last, you know, earlier, which was stupid that they do that, but that's beside the point. Um, he's coming into his own. He's starting to figure it out. Like he's he's starting to so make those impromptu decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's he's only he'll be twenty twenty four on on Monday. You know, so extremely young, but like like you know, like I said, it's it's one of those things where if you go back two years ago or whatever it was, his match with Chris Hero, where he just looked like a deer in headlights half the time, trying to figure out how to go to the next step without with without 
planning the whole thing like a lot of indie dudes do to the point now where he had one small hiccup that wasn't even a hiccup. It was just him, you know, going, it looked like going through like a training set motion because he was trying to keep up with what was going on. And, and to be fair, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn are some of the highest paced wrestlers. You know, they're the Lonzo ball to me of, of NXT where they, they have the number one <laughs> pacing in the league, you know, and, and you have to be able to keep up with them. And if you do, you're going to be better with it. And that's what he did. Like, he, he had one minor hiccup, and the rest of it he kept up, and he gets props from me. And this is, you know, this is my second favorite match of the night because Velveteen Dream overperformed in the mm-hmm. match. He, to me, I went, look, I just want Roddy and Dunn to do what they do, and I want Velveteen Dream to sneak in there and keep the title because the other two guys don't need it, especially since they're probably not going to have Undisputed Era win anything since all they were talking about doing was belting all them guys up. Um, which was still weird. I think kind of hurt almost undisputed era, but that's another topic. But yeah, man, Velveteen Dream, man, I'm I'm on board. Bro looked good. Kudos, man. Kudos to the Dream for that because he was he had his he had his freaking wrestling boots on, man. The progression of, of Dream is just bonkers. On on like you said, from two years ago, how he's he's not calling yet, but when you have a ring. General like Roderick Strong in the ring, kind of directing traffic. It was just a beautiful sight. I I don't think anyone, like you said, a minus that hiccup there, which I rewatched that after the eel match to try to find what you were talking about. And I noticed one spot where he was kind of talking a little bit, but it was just so instantaneously. I was like, oh wow, yeah. yeah it was you like really have to know wrestling. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was like it wasn't ah. even a lot. Yeah, it's just kind of like, ooh, come on, man, lay that in there. You got to keep going. Okay, you're back the, going. Good job. <laughs> I mean, when Roderick Strong puts both dudes in the stronghold, again, like like Marles, <laughs> that's a moment right there. When Pete Dunn is hitting moon, running moonsaults to the outside, you know you're going to have a <laughs> damn good match. When Pete Dunn goes for the wishbone, you know, snap like uh, multiple times and hits it to multiple times, it's it's bonkers, but I love the part where Dream, you know, is essentially, uh, you know, he's he's doing his uh, his gimmick where he's onto the ground, you know, and kind of crawling, you know, backwards there, um, you know, right where uh, he escaped the bitter end from uh, from Pete Dunn. Then Roderick Strong just pulls him into the turnbuckle, you know, nuts first, as Amaro said. Yeah, uh, it, it's just little things. You're like, ah. This, this honestly was just a, a, a masterpiece on a, how a triple threat should work. Everybody had everyone else's interest, I, I would say, into this match. They just said, hey, hey, you know what? Let's tear the roof down. Let's have the best match of the night. Because they know the main event was going to over-deliver. So they said, hey, let's get people talking. And, and for me, Ooh. they did. I mean, it, this was just a balls-out match. This event, this whole event was just a fast-paced mayhem in the most beautiful way. This was art. This is what American professional wrestling should be, and this match was definitely um, an example of, of how it should be. And we see, it seems like we see this every time, Ryan. The best NXT show of the year, but the more I think about it, I think NXT Toronto could possibly be the NXT show of the year, and this match was a prime example on why. And this show too, like even if we do 100% agree, you know, give it 
when we start making our ballot that, you know, give this the show of the year coming out of the brand. We got two back-to-back matches in the middle of the show with the EO match and the, the three-way where they were on to something. And I think if, I think if Baszler, Mia Yim would have been a little bit better and had this be the first instead of the third or fourth of the main event, especially yeah. going 47 minutes, I think I would be right up there not even wanting to compare it because, I'd be, you know, then I think it's a no-brainer. Um, and that's not saying anything bad about the main event. I, I still went four and a half on Golgar, Cole Gargano because they did so much incredible stuff. Uh. And they, the finish was great. They worked so hard with everything they did. These are two adamant professionals that are fantastic at everything they touch in a wrestling ring. Um, my only knock for it was it was a 47-minute minute match with two guys that I've seen have about the equivalent of you know seven matches already in the last couple months before this. Because they already did two out of three falls before this as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, if this was a first time, I would have had the five on it, no problem. Um, by no means was it bad. Um, third favorite match of the night, which is crazy to think because the other two matches that just happen to be, I'm sorry, better than this, but this was damn good, man. These two, these guys, when they, you know, they worked hard. They deserve to be proud of this match that they did because what they did and the stories they told with having three different styles a la, Mm -hmm. I mean, this hasn't been done, I think, since Triple H and Michaels did the three stages of hell back at Armageddon right after Riversers there when they had Michael's job, the title in like 20 days back out, which is stupid. Um, but they worked, man. They worked real hard and, and they get a lot of credit. Um, there, don't let me forget. There's a Velveteen dream point. I wanted to make too, but we can go back into it. Cause I forgot earlier, but um, what'd you think? Cole Gargano. I think you might've been a little higher on it as me or feud of the year wrestler of the year match of the year was the notes that I put at the end. This match had me, bonkers on two wrestlers that I, I'm late to the game on. I didn't watch their DG USA, their Ring of Honor, their Evolve stuff. You know, I, I would hear of them, but, you know, I would just see their stuff with NXT and, and, and Gargano and Ciampa. I mean, you could give a case Gargano has had two of the best feuds in, in the last decade of wrestling, just within the last two or three years, you know, with, with mm-hmm. Cole and, and Garga- uh, Ciampa. So, and for Johnny Gargano to do a total 360 on his character, not like, yeah, you know, him coming yeah. out with the, Mars- the blue and yellow Wolverine gimmicks where he's like, I'm yeah. going to berserker you to hell, which he does. They do to each other, I should say, especially in that third fall. But I love how it was just switched up. I love how the first fall was a regular wrestling match. And how Gargano just attacked from the bell. And, you know, just working on that knee and knee um, to essentially get the chair and and Drake ref in Canada, no less, Toronto, you know, saying, don't hit him with the chair, don't hit him with the chair. And he's like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to take the L because I got two more falls. You know, just beats on, you know, Adam Cole. Amazing stuff there. Canadian, you know, the, the, the Panama sun rises from the top turnbuckle, uh, from the top of the ladder from Adam Cole, just amazing, you know, just, you know, that the third fall there, uh, the lawn dart 
that Adam Cole does to Gargano while the chair set up in the, uh, the, the turnbuckle there um, in the corner. And then, you know, Gargano, you know, escape applied. And then, you know, Cole essentially, you know, tapping from there uh, was, was just amazing. But the finish, I mean, let, let's start with the third fall. It was a cage that barbed wire was trapped across and weapons, you know, lined all over with PVC pipes and zip ties. And I'm like, oh, this looks like a TNA gimmick. But it worked Jeff better Jarrett, than a TNA gimmick. <laughs> oh, is he? Was it? Wasn't that just lockdown? <laughs> Pretty much. Because I was like, I remember this. But it wasn't too gratuitous. Like, every weapon that was brought out was used perfectly. And, oh, yeah, let's get to that scaffold to the top and the table that was set up at the bottom where they finally, you know, are just at wit's end. And then, you know, let's throw each other off and land on this damn table. A perfect ending to cap off the feud there. Uh, Again, a nice different version of Johnny Gargano. I'm a believer. You know, I'm a cold guy now, probably over the last, you know, year or so, but I'm definitely a Johnny Gargano guy. This guy is the future of the WWE. The rumors are, you know, he did a nice send-off you know, kind of after the cameras went off, rumor is he will definitely be making his, his main event uh, roster debut. I guess it's a debut yet again since, what, he was there a few months ago uh, <laughs> with, with the, the eight guys that randomly came up. But uh, Johnny Gargano is amazing. He's going to do awesome stuff. He could slide into that Daniel Bryan you know, aspect, if you will, if they're you know, just going to keep not doing anything with him. Uh, but hell, give us Johnny Gargano and Daniel Bryan. I'm game for that. Awesome I, match. Obviously not match of the year, but for that moment, both those guys just beat the living hell. This was a rivalry where I was like, oh, this is like a rock Austin for the NXT crowd. You know, this is something that's been built over the last six months, you know, with these two guys, where, you know, yeah, they did the best out of three you know, uh, at the last show, and I thought it built up very well um, onto this because, hey, they hate each other. They hate what they each stand for. And, you know, just that classic buildup and storytelling for me is what made it so special. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Like, nobody can ever take anything away from this match. They worked so hard. It was such good chemistry, too. I mean, it was... Through a table. It was was really good. God, this match was fun. This was... This is really good, man. This was this show. They did a lot. They did a lot of really good things. You know, they they kept the tag match simple. Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler showed why she is so good and why she's able to take anyone. Um, not beating once again to say anything bad about Mia Yim, but you know, it was it was her least impressive match of the year or of this reign, I think. Mm-hmm. And she still looked really good and did a lot and. You know, I mean, we might have seen the best women's match. Yeah. I mean, and Eos Shirai said, "Hey guys, I'm here. Pay attention." This is this is kind of something I said with you um, two years ago. I think it was three years ago, and it, we kind of went over this little bit of an exercise. And there was a there. I mean, I went to an extreme level on this, and I think when it was all said and done, we maybe put it in the top five or top ten. Um, when I actually broke this down talking to you because I was trying to have you talk me off of a ledge and we almost, we really couldn't. And that was when we talked and I said, all right, Johnny Gargano and Andrade Cien Almas. 
can you name a better NXT match than that? And we thought and thought and, you know, it was like, I don't think we can. And then we went to the next level. How many WWE matches could you really say was better than that match? And I think maybe we had a couple objective ones. But, I mean, there's a chance that that was the greatest match in WWE history. Yeah. I mean, it was the most perfect match I'd seen in years. And I think the only reason it didn't win is because it was going against the first Okada Omega, <laughs> which was the greatest wrestling <laughs> match I've ever seen in my life. So it's like, you know, sorry. You know, there's, I, I, I'm sorry there's nothing else you could do. You know, it's, he might have been a top five match I've ever seen in my life, but unfortunately, Okada and Omega just feuded this year. Sorry, dude. <laughs> but, oh, and, and Shibata Okada happened. So it was like, you're going against oh, the greatest God. year any pro wrestler has ever had in the history of wrestling. But I, I want to look back at that same formula, and I want to ask you, is Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae the greatest women's match in NXT history? If I had to say on the spot right now, I would say it's easily top three. But give me a couple of months until the end of the year to fully, you know, kind of look back. But I would say easily top three, top two, because I really like that triple threat. I really liked, you know, uh, Andrade and, and Gargano. Um, well, no, a lot. I'm saying women's match. Women's oh, match. Oh, women's match? Oh, man, I love that Brooklyn match, like you were saying. But this match, to me, again, I love Sasha Banks. The problem with her that I have is in, in the beginning of each match, she goes 180 miles an hour when she should be going about 60. And she just, you know, sometimes she just misses a spot here and there. It's a little sloppy. You're like, whoa, settle down. And then she picks mm-hmm. up her groove. This match, you didn't need to say settle down. You, you, you needed to say, hey, beat the crap out of each other some more. So, yeah, I would say this probably is the best women's match, even though I did like um, uh, Kyrie Sane and uh, uh, Shayna Baszler where Sane won. I was going to say they're and Japanese I, gimmicks. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, you know, I, I think you definitely could argue Sasha and, and Bailey from Brooklyn just because of what it was. Um, I think you could argue... Even Oscar Nikki Cross, that last man standing was. Really oh, I good. love that. Yeah. You know, but you know, I wouldn't say best impulse. ever on that though. That's and that's true. That might be just one that we both just like so much we've praised it. Um, I think I think you got a good point with that. But like, meat and potatoes, as great as Sasha and Bailey was, I didn't have the reaction that I had as compared to this match. Like, I, dude, the more I talk about it. I worked myself into a shoot. I'm doing the same thing I did with um, with when when you put me on the spot about Mihar and Osprey with the wrestler of the year. I just, I just flipped it. I went I just I I went the full five. Eo and Candice is getting the full five for me. I'm do I don't care. I'm doing it. I've I worked for myself. Eo Shirai's in, theme music alone. Oh, God. and her entrance and her mean mugging. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Screw it. You know what? I've talked myself into it. This this is and and I I'm happy that I've been you know last year I think at this point I had like eighteen matches at five stars and this year I think I have like four you know so I'm glad that I've been way more subjective and you know I, I, this has helped talk me into it so now you know is that the I'm best gonna, WWE match of the year that's 
of of 2019. Yep. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. You know, I I I will go as far as to now. I will ask you this one: Is that the best women's match in WWE history? Man, I really I I like a lot. I, I like a lot of Charlotte matches, and honestly, I really liked Roddy or not Roddy, uh, Ronda Rousey and and Sasha at the Rumble. I really yeah, did enjoy that, that match good. a lot, minus a few tweaks where again she was going way you know up here <laughs> when she should have been a few notches down. Which again, after she got her groove, it was it was a spitfire of, of a bout. But um, honestly, I, I would say this is that's probably the best WWE match because again, I added more notes. I usually don't do that when I rewatch, mm-hmm. but I added more stuff where I was just like, this is just insane. Like Candice LeRae showing a main streak of her own and then showcasing to not only me, but to the general audience, which I guess is me as well with Candice LeRae, where I'm like, she could do some crazy ass moves. Like she's just not, you know, your, your simple one, two, three. She can, you know, uh, modify or adjust the ring style mid-match as she did in this bout with Io Shirai. And like you said, if they were given another five minutes, who knows what the hell could have happened or how they could have applied, you know, their their, uh, their chemistry even more. So, yeah, this possibly could be the best WWE banner match of 2019 so far. Because I couldn't tell you anything from the men's or on, on the main roster. I like Charlotte, Becky, uh, I want to say it was the last woman standing match. Um, and again, I don't know if that's the best ever, but it was pretty damn good. It had emotion. It had the chemistry. Um, damn. That's that's an interesting thought. You know, I stand on the hill with how much I liked the the um, the falls or the like the falls cut anywhere. I think it was with Sasha and Charlotte when she gave her the bank yeah. statement on like the handrail. Yep, yep. Uh, at Staples, I, I think it was. Like, yeah, that was that match was incredible. There's, I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff if you go back in, like, so Divas era and Attitude era. I don't think any of those women's matches at all stood up to this. I thought you loved Lita Trish Stratus made eventing Monday Night Raw. When when Lita almost broke her neck. <laughs> she well, she had a scorpion. <laughs> like scorpion. I don't it's it this could be me going crazy and they're you know, I, I, I wonder Hit us up I'm on gonna, Twitter I'm, at WrestleCast underscore SSM if you uh, or on Facebook. Game. Let's see what let's see what the grapple users gave it. It's a bunch of misogynist racists, so probably a low score. <laughs> like, and that's the one thing I'm like, maybe I'm just on a high horse, but I just I no, it's a, it was a damn good match. Like, honestly, I went from like, oh, that was a solid three and three quarter match if I were to give it a rating to watching it again. And you were just like, you were just like, wow, I really love this match. And I was like. Pfft. And when you're like, it's, I think it was better than Brooklyn. I was like, this guy's high. Come on, that match is classic. <laughs> that's you know, that's that's gospel. But watching it again, just sitting, and just be like, holy shit! Like they are going at it. This is a legit brawl. They want to beat the other one just to settle the score. And I thought it was just an amazing bout. And what sucks is we're not we we didn't get 
on this stage where they can wrestle and be given time. Kyrie Sane and uh, Io Shirai. That's just so, my only like damn moment. Uh, Two hundred ninety-nine votes. The, the Street Profits ultimate are undisputed errors of three point six four. Candice LeRae Io Shirai has the most votes of any match on here. Three hundred twelve. Is that a flat four star? Um, the three way two hundred eighty-six votes is at a three point eight. Shayna Baszler being at two fifty-four is at a two point five seven. Um, and Cole Gargano a four point oh seven. So a couple more, a couple votes swaying one over the other because of how many. You know, like if I were to just you know throw that in there, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean it's got the most votes of any match on Takeover, and it's it's arguably the number one match on there. Yeah. Um, so people are definitely behind it. Yeah, Gargano. Losing the title to Cole was at a 4.54, which I thought was a tremendous match too from Takeover 25, and then the first six, the first three or two out of three falls at a 4.59. But I mean, yeah, this is I don't know, man. This this match just did something for me. Like I was just God. Like I was just like awesome you said, it wasn't making was. stars. It was just showcasing what these talents have been doing for many many years. And just saying, here you go, general audience. Pay attention because we got more, hopefully, where this came from. Um, I'm going through every NXT pay-per-view, and I'm trying to see if this is the highest-rated women's match um, on any of these shows. Yeah. God, Andrade said Almas and Johnny Gargano. Five five hundred seventy eight votes. It's got a four point eight seven on a five star rating. Holy oh. shit! Um, that match got a three. Uh, God, the authors of pain were in a main event. I forgot about that. <laughs> Look at some of these other ones. Oscar Ember Moon got a four point. So Oscar Ember Moon from Takeover Brooklyn three so far is the highest rated one, but it only has seven votes. That one's got a four point one two. I don't remember. I don't remember anything from the match. I just remember her losing Ember Moon. That is, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." They totally killed <laughs> that. Her, happened. Uh, killed her shine. Way to go! Because <laughs> streaks mean something. Take that, AEW. Bailey Oscar from Brooklyn Two got a four point oh two out of forty-seven votes. So some of these, there's just slightly higher, but it's one of those things where. You know, the app wasn't out as an example, so there wasn't really, you know, these are just people going back through, I'm guessing, just voting on certain matches because they liked them. Yeah. Um, I forgot Dana Brooke had it there. Sasha Banks and Bailey from TakeOver Respect. I'm guessing that it was uh, the Iron Man match. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's got a 4.48 out of 5-star. Did you say Dana Brooke had a takeover match? Yeah, against Asuka. Bailey and Sasha from Takeover Brooklyn, uh, 191 votes is averaging four four and three quarters, four point seven five. What about Asuka and uh I'm not gonna say that. Uh have <laughs> Asuka and Sasha Banks wrestled? Yet? I don't think so. Oh, Monday Night so. Raw. Well that doesn't count. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, they have not fought on a big stage setting yet. Interesting. So I'll stand by it, man. This match, you know, and I mean, and you know, a lot of the matches, you know, there's ones that I'm always on a consensus. You're on a consensus of that others aren't. This is the one, man. We're we'll stand on this mountain together because this match. We're just gonna say, incredible. If you have three hours, you will not be disappointed with this show because from top to bottom, it's it's NXT. It's what they do. Like my friend said, he's like, what do you expect? NXT always about overshadows WWE on the weekends that they share. And they did it yet again. And this play is a show of the year candidate in my book uh, and definitely match of the year for WWE, all of the WWE landscape with Io Shirai Kansai. Uh, double team. Oh, Roderick. Yeah, there's Alex. I thought you got Summerfest. Oh, no. um, Summerfest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about SummerSlam. I let's let's run through it. I I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't have a lot to say about this show because this was just a show to me. Hey, Natty hit a super. <laughs> All right, all right. Do Maddie's, a quick rundown. We'll do the, the Mellow's Manic um, minutes here. Uh, Maddie's getting booed in her home country Yeah, they put her over. Like, Lynch uh, got such a crazy pop, which I loved. A uh, little, little sloppy in the beginning with the submissions. Uh, uh, Mad B Nag, unfortunately. Um, but the shooter on the top rope, I thought, was probably one of the coolest spots that I've seen. Uh, next to uh, Becky murdering uh, the neck shoulder from the uh, announce table to the steps there. Um, of course, ladies trade each other's pictures, you know, kind of in a fun stretch. But of course, uh, Becky Lynn gets the uh, kind of crawling over the apron um, while she just shoves you and counters into this armor. Of course, now it's apps there. Um, again, slowly into the beginning. It is what it is. It's better than the dismal few uh, that she entered WrestleMania. Hey. It was fine. Not special, of course. They proved uh, differently. What do you think of Nanny Becky Lynch? Um, I mean, it was it was fine. It wasn't anything. Um, oh, I just saw Mars Wang. I was gonna. Te- <laughs> I was texting you. Your I was gonna text you. You're breaking up again. But then I got confused when I saw Mars Wang because I didn't realize that you sent me a picture of the guy named Mars Wang. <laughs> which, which blew my mind, but uh, no, I mean, I thought it was fine. Um, look, I, nobody wants to see Natalia. I'm sorry, I, I'm not trying to be an ass, but it just nobody cares anymore. Like, I don't, I don't need to see Natalia on these shows. Anymore. Would you rather see her or Lacey Evans face Becky Lynch? Um, if if the mixed tag is any indication, I thought Lacey Evans looked really good in her last. Go around and then they took her off TV. It's because she's getting but, in the Twitter feuds. But then again, it also helped that Extreme Rules was actually a really good show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I, I will say next match was one of the fun spots because, I, you know, I don't know how many people have been dreaming of watching Dolph Ziggler sell a spear. Um, we got to see him sell it three times. Um Good camera work uh, on that one super kick where Goldberg, like, I don't know what he did to sell it, but he moved in such an awkward spot. Ziggler, like, I don't even know where he kicked him, but 
<laughs> the camera covered it up really well. So kudos for them with that. Um, but this was everything you wanted to be. I don't, I don't know what to make over this Dolph Ziggler gimmick where he just keeps talking while they're, hey, get back here, you piece of shit. Like he did it to the Miz on Monday, and I'm like, God, this is bad. Like because he sucks. allegedly he had a handshake agreement with Vince about with his final run, uh, his last run he had when he came back, and apparently it was a handshake agreement. Like, hey, I'll work these dates and Monday after SummerSlam, I'm done. Uh, and then Vince saying, I can't let you go. I'm, I'd rather have you sit at a home, sit out the rest of your contract. Uh, you're not leaving anywhere. Uh, so this was just a way for him to go, you know, like Jericho, whenever he would end his a run, you know, and disappear for six, eight months or what have you, he would always be like, ah, you know, he played that heel, hashtag heel very well, which I thought he did well, especially taking that beautiful uh, third spear from Goldberg, where Goldberg actually ran the ropes. Take that, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg. Yeah. I was like, oh, here you but go. otherwise, biscuit. pointless. Um, six hundred grand match, for that, by the way. Goldberg did. Yeah, for that match, after almost killing a dead man, he got paid six hundred k. <laughs> he was he was he was almost the killer of the dead man. Him and Lesnar, who's the slayer of the beast slayer. Um, and just like I told you, man, now are they going to start calling him the slayer of the slayer of the beast slayer? Oh, Seth Lord. Rollins. I, uh, you know, we talked so high about this company after Extreme Rules, and I said two weeks ago, the money that Raw was the best Raw I've seen in 10 years. And then SummerSlam happened, and you're like, well, I forgot that SummerSlam sucks and sucked every year. Since like 2011, aside from like yeah. one match a show. I think Botchamania posted something and it was like the card from 2018. And he was all like, anyone remember any of these matches? Of course, remember that's when Becky Lynch, you know, came out of her shell finally and murdered Charlotte. But I was just like, no, I don't remember. And, and there were like 14 <laughs> matches. And I was like, I remember none of this. Yeah, it's just this paper. Just was like the, the next numbers- match. <laughs> yeah, AJ Styles uh, defeated Ricochet. Somehow these guys are getting progressively worse. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. Like I and I, I think you too. After I was I was very disagreeant on the last pay per view, so I'm glad we're kind of we've met in the middle here with it. And can anyone tell me why Ricochet was wearing a bodysuit? Because he was paying homage to Aki Man. It was like Aki Man 2000. <laughs> I was just like, the minute Ricochet came out wearing a shirt, I said, turn this off. Like, that guy. It's because he was getting caught on his cape. (laughs) And then on Monday, they have him take it off. It's like, well, yeah, it's stupid. This guy's yoked. He's a superhero. Oh, God. It's like when they wanted Neville, who arguably (laughs) had the most compelling title run of the entire calendar year. You know, I now know a guy never named saw, Cara never Noir, existed. or whatever his name was, that Karin Noir or whatever from Riptide. I now know that guy because of his awesome freaking match Whoa. with. Um, did you ever watch that one I sent you that link of on Facebook where he's in wrestling that dude in Riptide? I, like a I passed it the other day going through Messenger looking for that one site, and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to check that out. So, no. Yeah. Uh, three yeah. men against one. Why? I love the tease with Finn Balor, 
But why do they need to do three-on-one against Ricochet? It doesn't make Ricochet look any better. It makes him worse, as did this match. And how come they did the Finn Balor thing two years ago at the same pay-per-view? True, very true. I, I thought the exact same thing. Uh, Bailey defeats Ember Moon by almost botching her own finishing move. Thank God Ember Moon's athletic. Um, this was one that Jen, wa- Jen watched with me, and she goes, how come Bailey forgot how to do her finisher? And I was like, well, Jen, because they've tried something different, and different doesn't work. Oh, and she's like, well, it's a good thing Ember Moon knew how to flip. And I was like, yep, because she would have been a paraplegic, and uh, that would have been the end of her. The <laughs> match had no heat, no substance. No one cared about this feud, and they kept shoving it down her this, I mean, this is the epitome of these shows. And then when it, Kevin Owens defeats Shane McMahon, where, God forbid, if Owens loses, he's going to quit. Well, you know who's not losing this match, right? Like, yeah. Shane McMahon was sweaty um, before Elias could finish checking him. Elias. Um, honestly, you know what? Elias sucks, too. I'm like, I, bro, I was so... Bro, starting to have confidence. I'm sorry, we talked Matt Riddle, and now I'm thinking that. Um, and I'm flustered. Like, I if you could see me right now, I'm my eyes are closed and my hands in my my head's in my forehead or my forehead's in my hand, and I'm looking down with my eyes closed, <laughs> rubbing my head. And it's like, I legit Extreme Rules, the you know Raw a couple weeks ago. I was ready to go, dude. You know what? I'm back on board and I'm ready to go. And then I was just like, oh. Somebody's trying to murder Roman Reigns, and now we're watching Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. And hey, the Miz Kevin Owens had, delivered a hell of a kick to the uh, to the nuts, by the way. Yeah, and to be fair, this wasn't like an awful match or anything. But I mean, it, it was. Just, it, this was the culmination of their third, the third biggest pay per view, and all these matches built up to nothing. Like these yeah. feuds went nowhere. They were pointless. Extreme were Rules had better feuds heading into yeah. it than, the, than this. At pay-per-view. least Extreme Rules, we had a payoff with some stuff. Ugh. You know, Broad and Lashley, there was a payoff. Um, you know, the, te- the the mixed tag, there was a payoff. Like, there was payoffs to these things. It's just like, you know, okay, so Owen defeats Shane McMahon, and then he gets suspended on on SmackDown, a hundred thousand dollars or fined. Oh, and then he better make it a hundred and five, and he breaks the TV or whatever. And then and then he's wrestling Samoa Joe, who's now a heel, working with Elias after Samoa Joe was just compassionate for Roman Reigns as a babyface. And then the night before, on Raw, called out Sami Zayn for for making fun of him, and was the bully to beat him up. So like he's our like how did he go from standing up to Roman to then mm-hmm. standing up against Sami Zayn to then working with Elias to beat up Kevin Owens in <laughs> a forty eight hour span? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I, one bright beautiful spot. frog splash. <laughs> I, uh, next second second longest match of the night. I actually kind of enjoyed that Charlotte defeated Trish Stratus. I thought this was pretty fun. Um. <laughs> You you could tell at the beginning it was very choreographed for yes. Trish, which is fine. I, I'm not mad about that either, by the way. Um, but it was noticeable, and you could you know look, she hasn't wrestled a lot. You know, she's wrestled once in the last like five years. Uh, but when evolution, they got going, sir. Yeah, that once in the last five years. That was my uh, that was my once. 
Oh, I thought this was and your once-in-a-lifetime John Cena the Rock. Oh, once-in-a-lifetime. Well, this is she had a, that booty tag with uh, I caught it. Um, <laughs> but like they they when they got going, they were actually working. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I thought it was fun. This might have been the best match of the card. I think. Ooh, uh, Charlotte coming back to dominance. I thought was a huge step. I love. I was kind of happy Charlotte got the win. Too. Yes, I, I I thought it was great. Uh, you know, I, I loved how Trish hit the stratisfaction, Flair kicking out, uh, the trap war. You know, with the two there, a lot of big boots. Trish took took a lot of boots to the face in this match. So kudos to her. Um, uh, I think she, uh, I counted six, maybe seven within the match, but they. they Figure eight, uh, forcing Trish to tap was awesome. A uh, good thing for Charlotte's resume, again, to add a beating Trish Stratus at SummerSlam to her achievements. And the big plus, Ryan, there was not a lot of Charlotte screaming in this match. <laughs> no, and, and they got it right. The right person won. You know, they they didn't get cute with it and have Trish win, which they Ooh. thought they could have. Um, yeah. Good job. She wants to fight Alexa Bliss and then be done. Yeah. So. I'm all I mean, down for that. The original evolution I, match. Um, I don't know. Next match, like, people are going to be uh, mad at me for this, but Kobe Kingston is having one of the worst runs since Jack Swagger or Rey Mysterio. Whoa! He's throwing there's, pancakes, man. Like, there's been no heat to any of these matches. They haven't been good. Like, I, the build-ups have been good for his feuds, but yeah, when it comes to the matches, they're a little underwhelming. I love Orton playing the bully into this match, but I thought it was bull BS as the crowd yelled after it was ugh. a double countout. Like it was like, what are you up, doing? And then it just ended. Yeah, and that was that was kind of the thing. Like I know I was on the high point with Joe and Kofi just because I love Joe's offense on it. But, like, the minute that match had any sort of a build-up to it, Kofi just pins them and wins. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And this was the same thing. It's just, like, I'm now dreading this program. Like, I don't want to see this. And I know what's going to happen is right before. Hell in a cell. Yeah. And then Brock Lesnar will beat Kofi so he can be the champion on Fox. Like, I'm not stupid. I know where they're going. WWE, you can't fool me, I think. Because then they can do Roman and Brock. But, like. You know, Does that bring attendance kind of a, up? Brock is your champ, even though he's not going to be no, there? No. So what's the no. point of that? Because Vince thinks it works. Oh, my God, but it doesn't. No. It's just it's just like, you know, let's just, quick, just put the belt back on Cena or put it back on Triple H. And it's like, you know, Cena at least had some appeal to him, but it just, it's not working. It's just not working. Look, I, I, I said this, I said this, and, and numbers prove it. The the Becky, Kofi, and Seth Rollins things did not work, and they did them all the same show, and they they ate shit in ratings ever since then. You know, they, the, the, they didn't work. Kofi is one of the best chasers of the championship you could ask for. He doesn't need the strap, though. <laughs> but he only chased it the, for like three weeks. But but even though he, it was going from chamber to mania, and well, I guess that was maybe three weeks shit, wasn't it? But yeah. like, okay, but even think of like you know the old Orton feud, how much we were behind it when we thought he was going to get a chance. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just he feels better with it, and you know, people, you know, pe- for everyone that's like, but but he deserved the title run. No, he deserved the title program. 
There's a difference. You, you, it doesn't. It doesn't change anything if you're. You know, this is this is entertainment as much as I don't want to sound like that guy. Even realism that was brought to, in with the storyline. Yeah, like everybody's got a role to play, and his role is the challenger because he's the he's the smaller guy. He's the resilient guy. He's the baby face. He just plays it so well that I. I enjoy him chasing it. It's like Rey Mysterio. I, I, I know why Rey <laughs> won it. It was a feel-good moment, but I'm like, okay, great. No one cares. Ooh. Like, next. You know, sorry. And yeah. Becky Lynch hasn't really done much since she's got it. Ratings haven't went Yeah, up but no competition. Champion. She hasn't had any competition. It, yeah, well, hopefully yes, it is her job to then. build Lacey Evans in a way, yes. But she should have a formidable opponent. In that, I agree, and and you know that she falls kind of into the the defense I always had with Jack Swagger. He wins the title and he goes into programs with Kane and the Big Show. What do you mm-hmm. expect them to do? How do you expect them to show out? You know, if Chris Benoit wins the title and he goes into a program with Kane. Daniel Bryan wins the title and goes into a program Kane. with Kane, like. Like, like people don't understand. Like you, have to, you do have to do that part. So I mean, I, okay, I'll give you that with Becky Lynch, but like, she's not drawing ratings either. Um, Seth Rollins wasn't drawing ratings, and I, gave, I mean, to be fair, they did give him Baron Corbin as well, but they paid off the feud actually really good. That mm-hmm. mixed tag was really fun, you know. And I'm sorry that I just, I don't care about Natalia. I mean. So somebody said this and I laughed about it. You know, for everybody that's mad about N- Natty continuously getting a push, you can thank Samoa Joe in a shitty way for it. Ooh. What? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And you know, that's a terrible thing to say, but you know, she's just getting a push because the company feels bad and wants to do something. Yeah. And you know, I'm sorry, but do what you're doing with, with TJ. He loves the role he's in. You mean to tell me you can't make Natty an agent? She'd be <laughs> great at that. I don't need to see I her think in a they ring were anymore. figuring she was going to get a pop because it was in Canada, and they realized, yeah, no, Becky Lynch is still happen. Becky Lynch. Um, <laughs> I, I think this is what they should have done. Orton should have won the title here to get the heat on him even more and sit, and then he could say, look, I told you I'm the better man. Then they do whatever at Clash of Champions. That ends in a double countout, uh, you know, and then Kofi hits him with the kendo stick. He's like, you know what? We're going to do hell in a cell. Kofi gets it back or hell. You just keep Orton winning the strap until Roman Reigns wins it at the Rumble. And I, I would be okay with you have Kofi then beat Orton finally to get it back because, once again, you're playing up to Kofi's strength. He's yep. he's a great a great title chaser. There's a reason that some guys just never won the championship in territories. You know what I mean? Because they're better at chasing, and that's why they draw so much money. Was you know, Steamboat you, ever world champ in the eighties? He 90s? beat Flair for the NWA title and then lost it back to him. Like okay. the, I think it was the next the next match. Um, but even like you know, look at look at a guy like. Like Ricky Morton, they did give him that singles run because they knew he could draw sympathy. And he never yeah. won the title from Flair, but you know, some guys are just great in that role. And you don't always, like, not everybody has to just get a, you know, it's like a participation trophy. You don't just need to give them a title because it's a feel-good story. 
you can take the feel good story and have them fail and make them better. It's just like it's like when we talked about Candice LeRae. She looked better coming in defeat. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the main roster is too scared to do that. I I think one of the best rubs anybody got was however long, WrestleMania, before 29 or whatever, New Orleans, when they had Santino as the, the last guy in the chamber to Daniel Bryan. Oh, we gosh, yeah. Everybody. Yeah, it was the same thing as the, 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 the end with Kofi and Daniel Bryan where Daniel Bryan won. Kofi has never got a reaction like that again because when he won it, everyone's like, oh, my God, he won. Oh, he won. Well, now what? The chase is gone, and that's what we like about it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, man. Do you think Ali like is some you know deep down a little agitated that that could have been him because he was a ha- he was having that role, he was having that chase, he was that underdog. It was like, is he going to beat Daniel Bryan? Like that was you know oh, allegedly penciled in for WrestleMania, but then the orbital injury for Mr. Uh, RKO kind of happened. And, and that's one of those things, too, where I think Ali's smart enough where he would have kind of did the look, you know, whatever you guys want to do, but, you know, I, I, I don't need to win. I'm not, you know, I'm not winning this match. This The rub that I'll get from almost winning is good enough, mm-hmm. and that's going to elevate my career now where I can go have mm-hmm. a run and we can, you know, it's it's just what um, you know, it's the promo I always go back to with you, Alex. Um, that's one of my favorite things ever. Paul Heyman goes, "All right, I got Steve Austin. Steve, you're gonna beat Mikey Whipwreck for the title." He goes, "No, I'm not beating him, because then I can come back and go, I was that close, and I can taste it, and now I'm gonna be hungrier and better. And now you make a new star because he doesn't win. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I just I wish." The main roster could understand that. You don't have. They made Io Shirai by having her lose twice to Baszler, in which they made Candice LeRae having her lose to Io Shirai. They made two stars through losses. Johnny Gargano was made because of that loss to Almas. Yes. Like, but the main roster just can't figure that out where they have to have everybody just win these matches. It's. And it's just it's well, more prevalent all over. Does it scare you, though, because, you know, of course, everyone blames Vince McMahon. He's out of touch, this and that. He's rewriting SmackDown scripts, you know, during the show. Well, the rumor, you know, we, we praise NXT. We love NXT. Well, you know, with the Fox deal coming up, you know, pretty soon here, uh, the rumor is they're going to move to uh, Fox Sports 1. Uh, I think it's already moved to two hours. Um, and essentially, Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon will have a heavy involvement where Vince McMahon didn't, you know, pay any sort of attention to NXT. Do you think that's going to hurt it in the long run, or is the internet just overhyping the fear of, no, we don't want Vince to ruin our baby? I think, like, I'll say this. So it sounds like Fox has already told some affiliates that this is happening. Um, um, a lot of it's going to de- depend on Big East basketball because they do own the rights to the Big East basketball. And, you know, and people go, oh, it's just the Big East basketball. But people watch a lot of college basketball, and everybody, every network fights Gamblers. to get any conference rights. Yeah, like any conference right that they can get, they're going to fight for. So the fact that they got the Big East, that's got to, you know, that's going to take precedent. But what I will say 
is Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon have to have their hand in it because it's a TV production on their stuff. So I get that, and I'm not mad at them. They have to do that. What I'm nervous with is how much they get into the creative aspect of changing the prospect. That's the portion that scares me. Mm-hmm. Because when it's when it's your actual national television, and those are your two best people to go with making television, you just have them do it. Like you'd be dumb not to. That's what that's why Kevin Dunn has a job, and he's successful at it with these TV contracts. But God forbid, I don't want them touching the actual writing of the product. If you want to do the camera stuff and make sure the editing's correct and make sure everything looks good with your angles, that's fine. Because I trust your production, but don't touch the product. Yeah, fair point. I love it. I, I I like how yeah the TV production and the creative two separate things, and hopefully they just stay away and let Trips and his team continue uh, rocking what they do on Wednesday nights. There, uh, Finn Balor, no deem it necessary because we're waiting uh, till next year when he comes back. Uh, took on. Bray Wyatt's uh, new incarnation, The Fiend, in a really awesome entrance. Talk about awesome entrances with Io Shirai. Um, and, of course, the Mountie theme playing before Velveteen Dream <laughs> and the Toronto Raptors, uh, you know, kind of uh, dancers coming out here. Uh, but The Fiend coming out, awesome look. Again, that theme remix was great, the female singer there now. Uh, the lantern, though, caught my eye. Again, I'm pretty sure that's awesome. why I went TV14. Uh, the, the head of Bray Wyatt, just kind of, you know, uh, a la uh, Hannibal Lecter uh, or Leatherface, I should say, you know, just kind of faced there. Apparently, a lot of kids had to be brought into uh, outside of the arena uh, or I should say outside of the ring area because uh, it scared them, which kudos, you did your job. Um, quick match. We <laughs> saw Urinagi, which was pretty awesome to uh, Finn Balor. Nice squash before Balor's vacation. Uh, you know, of course, The Fiend giving him the mandible claw. Um, even after taking, uh, you know, a, a, a few John Woos by Balor there. But mandible claw, which set up into a pin. Shout out to Lance Archer uh, with the uh, BDE claw. Um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah, a great. EBD, everybody dies. <laughs> it was a great, uh, good introduction for this new character. Obviously, he's way over. Very cool gimmick. Rumors are Vince wants to kill this character by the end of the year. I don't know what that means. Again, could be just a stupid rumor. He's selling a merch like crazy. They're selling Vince Devil puppets. Um, and they're selling. I out. thought this was. The, yeah, the fun out. Crates. Uh, yep, yep, yep. The the uh, God, good stuff here. Again, it seems like we see this every time this year with Bray Wyatt, whatever incarnation he is, even Husky Harris. He gets this push, and then they just have no idea what to do with him. But what I say, if he doesn't <coughs> join the club, you give Finn Balor a long ass break. Maybe until next year. The guys worked a lot. Give him a break. He doesn't. He's not going to be doing cardio, as he says. He doesn't even do that to be in the shape that he's in. But then you do something at Mania or the Rumble where you do get that demon and the fiend if you do want to kill that character sooner rather than later. My only problem with killing the character that quick is that you did all this to build it. Then what do you do with Bray Wyatt after that? 
Sister right. Abigail? No, I know. That's oh, why when no. I read that, I was just like, that's the stupidest thing ever. It's yeah. their cheats, so whatever, but it wouldn't surprise but, me. But no, no they have money this in company this. Is. They like, have money. This this company is stupid enough to do that. Oh, great. It was a one-time thing. Let's be done. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, guys. I'm glad we invested in it. Can you Speak. put a lantern, though, on TV? Hell yeah. That was dope. No, but can, can you get away with that? Because that, even I was taken aback, like, wow, they went there. That's rad. Well, then you just save him for pay-per-views. The end is nearer. Dang. Are, you, are we going back to that pay-per-view? The end is <laughs> 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 I'm speaking of the end is near. Uh, Seth Rollins is practically crippled, and then he cleanly beats Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Oh, I'm so happy you hated that as much as I did. Yeah. Um, I you know, I, I will say this. Uh, Brock Lesnar, for everybody who just calls him a piece of crap and a prick, is a dumbass because the he's the most consummate uh, professional I've ever seen. Where if I was Brock Lesnar, I would have told them to kiss my ass. What was the point of me doing what I did? He just went, okay, went out there and put over Rollins clean. No big deal. He doesn't care. Everyone says, oh, he ain't going to lose it. I'm like, no, this guy doesn't give a crap. You pay him, he does his job that you ask him to yep. do. Um, and he did so, his job here. Yeah. Credit to Lesnar. I thought Lesnar was the overall star in this match over Seth Rollins' BS, whatever the hell he did. Yeah, he gives him three stomps. I'm like, get out of here. You were practically maimed and crippled, and now you you're, you just won. You couldn't even walk to the ring with a chair six days ago. And then you got assaulted with the chair, and then you come in and win. I did love when Brock was like, uh, it's pleasure time, bitch, and he just starts suplexing him. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, he, like, he said to me on the phone, this is what he did to John Cena, and John Cena lost clean. Rollins came yep. back and won. Get out of here. I have nothing else to say on this. Uh, I put longer Lesnar match, longest Lesnar match in a while, uh, and then I put so effed up ribs, 10 Germans, and F5 couldn't stop him. Going through tables after splashes and landing on a rib didn't stop him. I get Heyman needs a champ, but make it someone who isn't boring. But with the finish of Orton and and Kofi, I suspect you leave fans with something new. So that was just the only thing where I was like, ah. But after coming off of NXT, where each of those matches had a finish where where, where you're going, wow, where you're talking about, where someone's passing out, someone's being choked by the legs, two guys are going, crashing through a table from the top of a cage, uh, you know, then, you know, hitting with a purple rainmaker out of nowhere with a crazy 30-second sequence to then, you know, a guy hitting two spears and then a frog splash to pin the hometown boy of Kyle Riley. You get that. And to me... The only thing I liked, Ryan, about this show, this was three and a half hours. When it came to the final four matches, I was like, it's eight o'clock. We might be done in time. And lo and behold, we were. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the best part about SummerSlam in 2019 was it didn't go for Three and a half hours. That's Shortest show of the year. If that's what your take, like the number one takeaway is from your third biggest show of the year. Everything I said about you taking two steps forward, you've taken 19 steps back. What a load of shit this was. Yeah. Alex, tomorrow, New Japan. I don't know what kind of order we're going to go in for this. 
Um, I'm going to try to bring some notes to work during a conference call so that I can not take work notes, but take wrestling notes. I want to go through and get a match rating for every 20 guys in the tournament. I want to go through those. And I think just kind of breaking down the matches or like what we really like, the takeaways, the, the confusion, the positives, the negatives and everything. I think that's the best approach because if we try to break down six shows or eight shows, we're going to be there till uh, Saturday and you're not going to get to your wedding. <laughs> I'm not getting married, guys. That's that's crazy. Oh, my fault, my fault. I'm Alex, not Ryan. Uh, <laughs> we're out of time here too. Uh, we will catch y'all tomorrow night. <laughs> Alex, appreciate it. Um, I I knew eleven o'clock wasn't going to be a thing. Um, I apologize. I'm glad we got to vent. And no, no, because we got to a good point where we got to do the highs and the lows. And you know what? It felt good to finally go back to being honest and trashing the shit dumpster fire of a company um, and praising that their their child is such a great thing and that we need the the child to take over and, and take over from the father because that's exactly what we just saw <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> Alex, I cannot wait to talk tomorrow night. Hopefully I can get my mic working. Otherwise, round two of the laptop combo will be going on. Myself and Alex, WrestleCast 30, 134 out the door. Coming back tomorrow, New Japan. Peace.